0: Podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate Valley. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. I was just trying to find You don't know what you do till you put on a
1: pressure
0: Cross a 110th street of a hell of a tester
2: Bastards! I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Foster, and as ever, I am joined by... Becky
3: Foster.
1: Hello, everybody.
2: And... Professional film critic, Ian Loring. Yes, he's a real fucking critic, motherfucker. Uh, we've got a bumper show this week. A really bumper show. So bumper, in fact, that I kept on forgetting one of the films we were watching. So, we will bring you reviews of Hillbilly Elegy, The happiest season, or just happiest season. Don't know why I did the the... Uh, The Christmas Chronicles Part Duh, Jiu Jitsu and our continuing impromptu uh, Tarantino retrospective with Jackie Brown. Uh, We're also going to give you the what else we've been watching. A little bit of trailer talk, maybe, if any of us can remember any trailers that have come out. Uh, Probably some tangents and we do have some questions and whatever else
4: crops up. Ian, what's happened in the news? Um, Welcome to the World Elliot page. Um, you do you. Absolutely yeah. fair enough. Good luck yeah. to you. That's about all I I've mean, got to say on that one, to be honest. Still,
2: yeah, still maintain though. And I, I mentioned this to to, to Ian, Ian on WhatsApp, and I absolutely, completely, 100% endorse what Ian's just said. Uh, is when when people switch gender or um have a split gender, uh, or a gender neutral or anything like that. Do you anyone ever feel like going for like a different name that isn't just the opposite of their current gender name?
3: Like the, the, the boy or girl? Thing. Yeah. Like I'd be Ben. Yeah. I wouldn't be Ben.
2: I'd go for something else. I'd be Razor. That's a great name. If I was going for a, a, a female, I'd go for like um, Althea or something like that.
3: Althea's a good name. Yeah. Like if I was going boy or girl, I'd go Juniper.
2: You're already a girl.
3: No, but if I wasn't,
2: you could I just would... change your name if you want.
3: I Juniper Foster, that's all right. That. It's
2: bad enough. And, and then when I'm
3: an old lady, I could called Junie.
2: Yeah, we were actually going to call uh, our second child Juniper, and then we decided we didn't want a second child because we had the first one. Because we had the first one. Yeah. <laughs> that didn't fucking
4: work out very well. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's well, kind yeah. of similar to us, to be fair.
2: <laughs> 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 we had a oh. one. Warrior. Warrior. That was it. Nice. Have a boy in it. Yeah. 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 You wouldn't let me call it warrior, would you?
3: You also went through phase of wanting to call if we had a boy, call it Rambo. Yeah. Mm.
2: Yeah. You told me no. Anything else but Rambo, I went warrior. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
3: yeah. I feel like Elliot as a name is just E.T. fucked that. No one can be called Elliot now.
2: Wow. That's a fucking difference
4: but I'm that movie, Mickey. I don't think I watched that director's cut. <laughs> what do you think he was doing with that glowing finger? I was going to say, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh. he's
3: ruined that name. I don't think there's a single Elliot in the world that hasn't had someone go, Elliot, at
2: Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you mind jamming your spiky foot in my back?
3: Just to clarify, guys, not me.
2: I was wondering.
3: He's talking to the cat.
2: Uh, yeah. I, I, any other movie news? Is there isn't, Is there really? Because it's been uh, fairly quiet, I
4: think. I yeah, I mean, uh, this this seems to have broke literally in the last few minutes. Um, not that exciting. But uh, the director of Overlord, a film that I know Mark just thought was at, like just dog shit. Yeah. I quite liked it. Um, but um, yeah, it, that that film's director, Julius Avery, um, is going to be directing a James Wan-produced Van Helsing reboot. Um, Van Helsing, the film that literally features a horse-drawn carriage falling into a ravine and exploding. <laughs> um, but yeah. Well, yeah, he does, do not it? Yep. I remembered that from the cinema... And then we yep. watched Van Helsing maybe a year or two back, wondering, did I just imagine that? Did I just imagine that? No, I didn't just imagine that. Brilliant. Uh, have you listened to the uh, How Did This Get
2: Made uh, Van Helsing
4: podcast? I don't know whether I have you. No, I have. Yes, I you 100% have. Yes. That is fucking brilliant, that. I think I think Seth Rogen's on that one. Yeah, that sounds right. And, 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 and he
2: is... Absolutely, when he's reminded by Jason Mendoza about the exploding cringe, he just starts laughing for just a a, a really long time.
4: <laughs> yeah, it's um, so that's something. Have you listened to the cats? How did this get made? Yet? I haven't yet. No, oh, it's I,
2: I'm very much looking forward to it. That that actually, it. it I feel like I keep putting it off
4: because I, I want to listen to it. It's like a treat. <laughs> That's just like Jason Mauthusius has the best monologue at the start where he calls he calls cats a hate crime. <laughs> it, it's fucking incredible. Uh, I think I'm to give that a listen this week. Yeah.
2: Um, <laughs> it's it, that that podcast for, for me to listen to is when I go for one of my morning walks. When I go for a walk at like four in the morning for no reason.
1: Yeah. For
2: like an hour, or <laughs> two hours. That's Long what I listen to. Not when it's raining. Not when it's raining. Yeah. What trailers we been watching this week, guys? Fuck oh, all. Cool. <laughs> I I watched one for the um. Oh fuck! I can't, I can't. I'm trying to remember how you say it. Uh, for the Mauritanian. Mauritanian, right? Where literally and I haven't seen this happen in a trailer in ages. The trailer happens. And at the end, a voiceover says the name of the film because it knows everybody has been watching the trailer going, I don't know what that word is. How am I gonna tell people I wanna see this? How do I how do I go up to the counter at the cinema and say I want this? <laughs> is
3: that Benedict Fumblesnatch?
2: It is Benald Complesatch, oh yes.
3: So it's a unpronounceable film with an unpronounceable star.
2: Yeah. Uh it's also got Jodie Foster in it, uh, and Shailene Woodley.
3: You've made me absolutely, categorically not want to see that movie. I don't like any of those people.
2: What are you against, Benny? She's
3: got a weird fucking face.
2: What you? That's, that's really harsh. What are you against Shailene Woodley? She's got a weird fucking face. I
3: really hate Shailene Woodley.
2: <laughs> wow. <laughs> I like Shailene Woodley. Fine.
3: That's
2: that's cool. <laughs> Right, so that was trailers. Fucking yeah. hell, we're fucking zipping through this. We're <laughs> going to slow thinking, right down now. It's could be a long one, this. No. Nope. It's going to be, what do you want to think of Hillbilly? Shit, move on. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean, you don't know that's what people thought.
2: I'm just saying, that's what people seem to have thought. <laughs> um, I feel like we've got a couple of Christmas ones. And we've got a couple of non-Christmas ones. So it makes sense to start with a Christmassy one. And then go non Christmasy. Then go Christmasy, then go non Christmasy. Okay.
3: How's
2: that? How's that for everyone? Is everyone liking that?
4: Do whatever you, uh, you want, sweet cheeks. It's your radio. Brilliant. Right. Jiu Jitsu is a uh... you just say you were on
3: Christmasy
1: first? Yeah, yeah you yeah.
4: did just say you were gonna do Christmasy first. <laughs>
1: Enough
0: to stuff billions of stockings every year.
1: The Christmas
4: Chronicles 2. Fucking hell, Mark. What is wrong with you? Yeah, okay, Christmas Chronicles 2. Yeah, we hey
1: good?
4: <laughs> Is the sequel to The Christmas Chronicles. Clever
2: <laughs> title. Didn't know anything going there, did you? What?
4: What's happening?
3: <laughs> Mark's being confusing.
4: He's making uh, me fucking anxious. <laughs> <laughs> it's just gone off the ride. Uh, written and directed by uh, Chris Columbus. Not
2: that one. The other one. Uh, and stars Kurt Russell. Goldie Hawn. Darby Carp, uh, Darlene Love, Tyrese Gibson, uh, the kid from mid-90s, and Julian Denison.
4: He's the boy from God of War as well. Boy! Yeah. The kid from mid-90s, yeah. And uh, it'll be interesting to see him do motion capture for the new one. He's a fucking teenager now, isn't he? How's that going to work? Must be a teenager. Anyway, sorry. I'm I'm being the chaotic element now. I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm the fucking place here. Bring the chaos,
2: Becky.
3: I'm the eye of the storm. Just throw oh. a
4: cat at him.
3: <laughs> I wouldn't do that with a cat. <laughs> no, I
2: don't so what's happening in this one, sir? So, um, Cat Pierce. or Kate Pierce. Kate. Yep. Cat. There's a cat there.
3: Yes. You need a minute.
2: Right, <laughs> yeah. I can't see properly. My glasses are a bit steamed up. Uh, so Kate Pierce from the first one, not Cat, um, is in Mexico for Christmas uh, with her mum and brother. From also from the first one, but her mum's got a new squeeze. Who she don't like, no. And she's got a new little possible um, step brother. That's right, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Why oh, look like that, Becky? Uh, who I don't know if she likes him or not, but he's cool. I like him. He's um, a kid out of witches, isn't
3: it? Is it?
4: Isn't it? Is oh, it? it might be. You know, good shout. Find out oh, out, Becky. Okay,
3: Mark. I like
2: um, and she makes a wish that she um, basically wants to not be there, not be in Mexico for Christmas with this fa- with her family. Is it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, he, I, he was probably the best thing in that as well. Um, probably the best thing in this. At the same time, and um, in in the North Pole, uh, Santa is having some problems, isn't he? Because what's that kid that
3: Belznick? Well, no, he's not. He's not having problems at the same time. He's chasing that.
2: Bell. You do the fucking synopsis because I can't remember.
3: He's chasing that giant cat. Belsnickel is like. A exiled elf that became human for being bad, he played by the get...
2: kid from Help Hunt the World of People and Deadpool. Yes, yeah. yeah,
3: anyway. He wants to get back into Santa's village to so that he can up. wreak havoc. So he uses um Kate, not Kat,
2: yeah,
1: um,
2: and
3: sends her through a wormhole, yeah, and follows her.
2: The plot of this is really fucking complicated. This is, crazy, yeah. There's a fucking there's, there's, there's a star of Bethlehem and all fucking
4: kinds of crazy fucking shit. <laughs> is, what did you think? This is the thing, right? It kind of feels like the last few minutes have been performance art in trying to get the plot out for this film. But no, it's really fucking convoluted. It's... There are all sorts of bits and bobs going on in the Christmas Chronicles 2. Christmas Chronicles 1, what was that about? Santa... Comes to the real world, like fucking Chicago or some shit, has some fun with some kids. Fucks off. Yep. This one, Jesus. Um, yeah, I was pretty disappointed with this, to be fair. Um, it's you know it it's got Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn, so you know it it's basically never gonna be definitely shit, but my fucking word. It's nearly two hours long. Nope. It has Darlene love in it doing a Christmas song. And it's not, it doesn't even deserve to shine the shoes of, uh, uh, Christmas, please come home. And, uh, all alone at Christmas. Well, because, because,
2: uh, Christmas Please Come Home it, it is for me, without question, the best fucking Christmas song. Agree. Yeah. And if, if anyone just... As a mild side, I, I apologise for jumping in here. As a mild no, side, if people want an absolute fucking treat at Christmas, right, go to YouTube and search "Dying Love, uh, Christmas, Christmas Baby Please Come Home, and watch her performance, I think it's Letterman. Doing that from a couple of years ago, which is the, sense, the time she said it was the. I think it was the. Ten, it was the last time she was going to do it, which might be why it's not in this film.
4: And it is fucking incredible. <laughs> I climbs up on a piano and belts it out. I fucking. I, oh, I'm gonna. Yes, I'm gonna YouTube that. And I, I will also say as well, uh, Maya Rudolph does a very nice version of it in a very Merry Christmas. Um, yeah, yeah, it's really, really good. Um, yeah uh no you're right just slight tangent the only thing about that fucking song is the fact that whenever it appears on my fucking phone what album is it from a christmas gift from phil Spector. and (laughs) jesus fucking christ to be Uh, fair it's a fucking banger of an album uh, oh yeah 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 but I mean, that fucking, but I mean, even all alone at Christmas and you know, that sequence has got some heavy home alone vibes in it as well. Um, so yeah, I just, it, it it's very, very, very plotty. Julian Danielson is fucking awful in it. Awful. Um, and yeah, I think Chris Columbus taking the reins of this one was the wrong decision. Um, seems to want to make it some sort of epic Christmas classic, and it just comes off as a try-hard, a, a, a rather generic Christmas effort, coasting on the goodwill from Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn. I'm intrigued to see what you guys thought, though.
3: Becky? Oh,
4: that's kind of painful.
2: That's <laughs> something
3: um, about... I actually kind of liked it, to be fair. um, I... It's not as good as the first one. Um, the, the simplicity of the story is is key in the first one. Like it's not it's not try to do anything super fancy. It's just a fun kids film and it's got Kurt Russell. Um, but it's I still I still really enjoyed it. I, I I like the fact that it spent more time in like Santa's Village and you got more Goldie Horn in this one. And um, I think it's. Probably one. I think a lot of the kids' films that that you watch as a kid, when you go back and watch them as an adult, it's like, oh, this has actually got some heavy plot going on, but you don't notice it as a kid because you're too busy enjoying the fun stuff, like the 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 gingerbread biscuits that she gives him, and like the snowman gives him confidence, and oh no, that was in you all along. It's like that, like throwing the the other one at the um.
2: Jewel. Yeah, Jowl. Um,
3: and it blowing up. You know that that's the kind of shit you'd remember as a kid. And I think it's got more of the the kind of fun bits like that. The fucking elves on PCP. Is the elves on PCP was was was
2: was 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 a, was a mood.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. The fact that it starts off and the 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 movie showing at the elf theater is elf. Yeah. And then when they're all on PCP it's bad Santa. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> So um, yeah, I just I just think it's really good fun. To be honest, I I really enjoyed it, and I didn't the um, Beltonick kid didn't didn't bother me. Well, I, I had a feeling that he, he might. I, I had a feeling that he might do, because he is he is the kind of actor he, he seems suited to.
2: He's can I, yeah, sorry, go. On. Like he, he
3: he wouldn't be like an everyman kind of role. He wouldn't he wouldn't fit into every role. He's he's quite niche because of the way that he is, the way that he looks and the way that he speaks. And I think it works for this. If you're if you're gonna take an elf and make it into a human, I think he is possibly the best human embodiment of an elf. So there's that. I didn't think he was bad.
2: My theory on him is it, I, I actually think he is a bit of a crap actor. But it doesn't matter in
4: Deadpool Part Two or um other people, for people because of the roles he was
2: in
4: he's playing he a in. moody teen in both of those yeah
2: that's
4: I, I'm yeah. Saying, and he's played, he's, essentially he's playing a moody teen in this as well but it's like he's entirely I, I just thought he was one note the entire way through every single line has the exact same amount of effort or emotion regardless of what the line is like when he's talking to the girl like Trying to get it, get a to go on the golf cart or whatever it is with him. It is like the level is like set, and when he's being emotional, talking to Kurt Russell later on in the film, it's the exact same level. There's there's no, there's no character to his character apart from being a stroppy teen. There's nothing there, and it, it just. Nah, I just didn't get on with him at all.
3: But I mean, he's playing a human elf in a kids movie, like he's not going to...
4: But I mean, I, I, you know, if you're going to be a human elf in a kids movie, I think you need to be more expressive than moody teen. These... I, I enjoyed
2: it. Again, I'll I say... Yeah, four out of five on Letterboxd, Mark.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I
2: enjoyed it. Because I enjoyed the Christmasy element of it. It was our first Christmas movie we watched.
3: Any Christmas film gets an extra star from Mark.
2: Yeah, um, because I, I I got caught up in that. I got caught up in the um, Kurt Russell's Santa again. Um, Goldie horn just being very Goldie horny. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that. Um, like the fact that she's just happy to have kids around. It just seems yeah. like like that's what happens when the grandkids come round and go the she's yeah. just happy to have them round. Uh, I we like the kid. The the little kid, the little uh, the stepbrother. Yeah, the
3: little the girl annoyed me.
2: The girl annoyed me because it was like it was like, You're being a bit of a dick here. Oh
3: wow.
2: Yeah, I, I was a little bit on wow at you a few times. But I like that kid's energy and the fact that he was happy to admit that he was just scared of shit. But then when it when the when it kept the fucking punch, he was like, Do you know what? No, I need to do this.
1: Yeah. And
2: I I, I kind of admired that. Yeah. Um from him. He like said the elves on PCP. That was
1: Amazing. That
2: was pretty that was a that was a strong mood. was. Wow. Um it, it's a film that I thoroughly expect that when I watch it next year, I'll go, alright, I think I will just high on the fact that I was watching Christmas Chronicles too. <laughs> And, I, I, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I had a good enough time with it. Like, it says, the plot is way too complicated for this movie. It doesn't need to be that movie, that, that complicated. No. Um, I, I, the star doesn't need that much of a backstory.
3: It does, though. So, it's the Christmas star.
2: I just, it just felt like an awful lot.
3: It's a big deal, man.
2: It just felt like an awful lot. And then the added bit of her Like, getting to say goodbye to her dad and stuff like that.
3: It, yeah, I didn't
2: it? I didn't understand that. Ah, right? So Santa got just magically transported. They got transported back in time.
1: Mm.
2: But then afterwards, it seemed to try and make out that Santa had planned for them to go back in time to their. Well, or so maybe she could he say it. bye to dad, but he only found out they'd gone back in time when they landed.
3: But may- maybe he knew they were going back in time, and he could manipulate where they came out. Maybe.
2: Yeah, uh, you know, but he only knew they were going back in time once they got the thing off. Thought is it? Mm,
3: that's true. Yeah. The maybe we're he... He just taking
1: credit
2: the for He I... it? It does seem like he was taking credit for shit he won't do, like, like like he spent a lot of his
4: career doing. <laughs> The facts you've just said, all that you were just saying there, just says to me that the plot of this film just, just calm down.
2: It, it does. It, it 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 tried to do too many things. It what I, what I will say is, if they ever decide to remake Ferris Bueller, the kid in what is it who plays her young dad. Yeah. had some serious fucking Charlie Sheen and Ferris Bueller energy going on in that, what is it? That That is what that scene reminded me of and I don't think it was going for that. Mm. Again, yeah, not having Darling Love belt out something, I agree with Ian, is that. But again, I think I was just happy to watch Kurt Russell as as, as Father Christmas. Do you know what? I'm cool with that. If they do another
4: one next year, I'm good with that. I just, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll watch another one. I, I, you know, I will. I'd rather it's not directed by Chris Columbus. I'd yeah, rather I, I, I did I,
2: I, It never twigged with me uh, that actually he didn't direct the first one, did he? No, it, he didn't. He wrote.
4: He, I think he co-wrote it and produced it. it. It does seem a little bit like he's gone. Hang on a minute. That was successful. People liked it. I'm directing the next it's one. It's 100% what it is.
2: Yeah. And the guy's gone, well, no, I want to direct it. they the gone, no, and, and you, you, you'll be an executive producer, but just don't shit talk me.
1: <laughs>
2: I discovered America. That wasn't you.
1: <laughs>
4: Stop trying to take credit for that. I'm Dumbledore. No, you directed the first two Harry Potter films. I know Dumbledore. I can get him on the phone right now. <laughs> no, you know Jude Law. He plays the young Dumbledore. I am Jude Law. <laughs> you have the hairline, fair enough.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would have much of the one. However, the problem is with another one, I feel like we're going to get more Tyrese Gibson.
3: Are going to Tyrese?
2: Everything he says, he seems like he's trying to really emphasise everything he says in everything.
3: You've looked at him though, right?
2: What? Why is it because he's pretty? He's quite pretty. Fair enough. Um,
3: it definitely helps.
2: It definitely does it. Does it? I, I I don't think there's actually too much to say about Christmas Chronicles Part Two, other than if you like the first one, you'll probably like this a little bit less, but you might like it still.
4: Or <laughs> well, you might not, like me. And you might not like 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 fucking misery business over there.
3: Fucking Grinch. <laughs>
4: Misery business. I've never been called that before.
3: (laughs) That's pet name for Isabel.
2: (laughs) It genuinely is. The amount of the amount of times we fucking send her um, the the video of a misery business.
1: She
2: she loves (laughs) it. Right. Let me try. Fuck it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm definitely not shit. I'm definitely not shit.
4: Touching crazy. cloth, but only because of Kurt Russell and Goldie Horn. Otherwise, it would be very much a definitely shit. That's fair enough. I'm dead. Yeah, uh, but our audience poll definitely
2: not shit, 67%, and touching cloth, 33%. So I don't think it's universally loved as the first one. Uh, and the fact that it came out a week ago and nobody is talking about it. It's
3: a funny Christmas, though. People are both simultaneously trying to will themselves into feeling Christmassy while knowing that they don't really.
4: Yeah, that's that's gonna be it. Yeah. So I I I feel Christmassy in my house because Donna has done a fuck it and and lots to be fair. I've done an incredible job of making the living room feel Christmassy and I you know I Mark I showed you like a picture the other day yes. of like the paint job that um Don had pri it's primarily done in in the living room and. It feels Christmassy as shit in there, which is amazing, because outside of that room, it doesn't feel Christmassy in the world at all. But yeah, in think, that room, I'm fucking there. Yeah,
2: where, like as we said last week, we're, 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 we're trying to reassess our Christmas decorations, aren't we? I
3: mean, i say we just put it up and live with the chaos.
2: I don't want to live with the fact that, that every 25 minutes the cat is going to drag the tree down. i can't i can't do that to myself um so moving on to a movie that's definitely not about christmas
0: you in the worst way.
2: Nice. Jiu-Jitsu uh, is directed
4: by a man Dimitri Logothetis. The dude who directed Kickbox Retaliation. Oh yes. yeah. Oh, and I'm not being sarcastic. Oh yeah. And it stars the guy from Kickbox
2: Re- Kickbox Retaliation. Uh, Alain Moussi, who's also a stuntman.
3: A, a stuntman? A stuntman. I think it's Stuntman. I think it's not his name. If we're going to have to do like a friends thing here, he's not <laughs> Elaine
2: Stuntman. Who's also a stuntman. Um, <laughs> a and also stars Frank Grillo, because of course it does. Why
1: would
2: it not? It uh, also has uh, Tony ya in there, Ricky Yun, and Nick fucking Cage. <laughs> Nick fucking Nick Cage. Nick fucking Cage, who I don't think got the script.
3: No, we were saying this, weren't we? Yep. That first bit where he's talking, what was fucking battering on? <laughs> oh, that.
2: we'll get to that. We <laughs> will get to that. <laughs> yes, we will hundred percent. We will get to one of the highlights of, of cinema. <laughs> um, what is what is the plot? That is me starting up. to Say what is the plot? That is me saying
4: what is the plot? Uh,
2: um,
4: let me, can I have a go at it? Yeah, you can. All right, go Every on. six years, a predator knockoff comes to Earth to challenge people when one of them is a pussy the predator's fucked off and then the pussy and a gang of misfits have to team up to stop the predator knockoff how's that 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 is pretty much the yeah that is pretty much it
3: (laughs) nicholas cage was only part of the first three days of six weeks shooting he's shot in six weeks because so, we back for
1: three days. There's a
2: lot of choreography in this, I will say, including a man who literally crotches somebody in the foot. <laughs> um Becky, what do you think of Jiu
4: Jitsu?
3: I don't really know. It was it was a ride, wasn't it? Um yeah.
4: It's better than the Christmas Chronicles too, Becky. Don't be afraid to admit it.
3: <laughs> I mean I didn't I didn't dislike it by by a long way. It was it was fun enough to watch, but it didn't make an awful lot of sense. The choreography was shot like they they had it framed too wide angle. So like when there's like a lot of people fighting, normally they're quite close on the two main people fighting, so you don't see the rest of them waiting for their turn. <laughs> so a lot a, of that in there.
4: That's a great point. Sorry. Yeah, you're right.
3: It me. They'd be like there, just <laughs> flipping around in the background. Um. So there was that. It just, it, just, it just wasn't terribly well made. Like, the choreography as well, like, the, the the fight scenes with Nicolas Cage that they've clearly, like, just gone... Right, right, do it, do it. Right, do, do you want to do it a bit slower? Yeah, yeah, I'll do it a bit slower. All right, OK, go again. Right, action. Do, do, all right, Nick, do, do you want us to go a bit slower again? Yeah, 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 go a bit slower. Until it's literally at the point where it's, like, that... Weird wavy arm shit that, that karate people do when they're just sort of practising on their own. What's it called? Kata. Kata. Like, it, it, it's very low speed, low impact fighting that Nick Cage and his body double do and his 14 wigs.
2: Well,
4: I'll, I'll just, yeah, I'll wait my terrible legs. <laughs>
1: uh,
4: Ian, what did you think of Jiu-Jitsu? Uh, I mean, I quite enjoyed it, to be honest. Um, I, 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 I thought it, weirdly started quite strong and maybe petered off a bit um that sequence where it's almost kind of like one shot but then every now and then goes first person randomly um i just thought like shit some thought went into that fair play that looks like it was pretty fucking hard to execute fair dues i enjoyed that and especially that one bit where it's like the first person view of um, Alan Man, and t- Tony Jar does the thing in front of him, and then his hands just go, kind of go like, oh, I don't know. Oh yes, yes, I know which bit you mean. Yeah, I, I quite enjoyed that. Um, I, I think I think that's because it's
2: not. What was interesting? What that is it wasn't all done in that perspective like something like Hardcore henry no quite they, they they dipped into it and then came back out of it which was quite cool it it, it stopped it from being a like a hook thing so it just being part of what was going on which was quite cool
4: yeah yeah no exactly exactly it, it, it i don't know i really really enjoyed that sequence it was probably the highlight of the film for me and unfortunately it was what like 15 20 minutes in um uh, you know, the, the the rest of it is, you know, inoffensive, fairly bland, fairly generic. But every time Nicolas Cage is on screen, the thing is with Nicolas Cage is. With these kinds of films, he's dialed in. Like he oh, yeah. doesn't he's not Bruce Willis helicoptering in doing a day fucking off with a million dollars. He's c- coming in for three days, going away with 500 grand um but you know like at, at, at least at least he seems locked in i mean call him good call him bad he's there and he's giving it a go uh, weirdly um
2: bex just told me because she was grabbing a drink because she just took across cross by she couldn't say it herself um what did you just say becky
3: um i think nick cage actually replaced bruce willis in this
2: <laughs> i mean that was the right choice it, yeah, it was because it wouldn't have worked. Like you say, Bruce Willis would 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 have just worn a a grey t shirt when they said, "Can you wear just like what is it?" He went, "I'll just wear a t shirt." They gone, "Make you wear this white t shirt?" They gone, "No, I am John McLean. I'm not wearing a white t shirt."
4: Slight tangent. Blank check. Talk about that podcast quite a lot. Um, they they do a thing where they're doing ad reads where one of them like pretends to be somebody else and they they're, they're, they're actually quite entertaining ad reads but there's this running joke that goes through a few of them where he pretends to be bruce willis and he's talking about how he's basically like million dollar an ad read bruce willis and whenever he's reading the um the stuff he's like literally saying describe how describe how uh men's pills will make you uh will make your hair feel more luscious and your you know your penis bigger and they're like no you're supposed to talk about that he's like i'm bruce willis i'll just read what it tells me to tells me to do on the script and nothing more and it, it you know it 100 percent it feels like it, it, it is that um I, 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 seriously mark i feel like you haven't listened to blank check yet you should i will hey,
2: I, I will give it a listen
4: it is a very, very good podcast. They've got a lot of, like, running bits and stuff as well. It, it, it's just, it's very entertaining. But, yeah, and it, it, Bruce Willis would have done that. Like, it would have been like, Bruce, can you stand up and wave your arms around in a vaguely jiu-jitsu motion? No. No.
2: <laughs> it, it, it just feel a little bit like, literally, they, they said the script and he went, no, if, there's, if, if I have to do anything more than walk on set, and remember eight
4: lines no yeah i mean that's it so i mean cage he's in and you know and i mean it's interesting because he you know over the he's done mandy he's done color out of space he's done these films that you know people are into but he's also done jujitsu you know it kind of feels like he's not quite out of that tax bill nightmare just yet but i, d- I don't know then again I, maybe he just thought, "Fuck it." Oh, yeah, this sounds like a laugh. This is the thing. Nick Cage. It seems like he goes, "Fuck it." Yeah, all right then. And Bruce Willis goes, "Oh, fuck." Yeah, all right then.
2: Well, somebody mentioned about the the tax thing uh, to to Nick Cage about a couple of years ago in an interview. uh he did a lot, of, what is it? And his response was, "A lot was a lot more was made of that than it needed to be." He said, and it's kind of been hanging around my neck for a good amount of time. And he said, but what I'll say now is, it went a long time ago. He said, I just kind of anything that I that I read and go, all right, I do. <laughs> he said, yeah, I, He said because he said the, the cool thing is I enjoy my work. He said, and then sometimes you get to fly out to some pretty cool places. And stay in some pretty cool hotels, and meet some pretty cool people. I, have to add,
3: I love metal Cage in this. It's a treat every time he's on the screen.
4: Yeah, yeah, no, it, one hundred percent. I it, last, like, I'm railroading it slightly, but last thing. So we'll talk about Jackie Brown later on. But I was watching behind the scenes stuff, and um, Tarantino is is saying that like people. You know people say that I've got a thing about like resurrecting um kind of like actors whose careers are dead it's like no I just get the right actor for the role you know if I think Robert Foster is the right actor for the role I like cast Robert Foster I really really fucking hope that Nick Cage gets a moment like that I mean with Tarantino would be great but with whoever where it's like I really want Nick Cage for this role you know a part made for and he's got this film coming out the it's like the abundance of godlike genius or something where i uh, mark you say you 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 go i want to look this up because it just like it sounds like one of the most fucking interesting things but mark go
2: yeah i mean i the thing is with with jujitsu it's a sort of movie where if i'd have watched it when i was about eight years old (laughs) i'd have been like This is fucking brilliant. Who
3: would you
2: have gone for, with? On my own, probably. But it was fifteen, so I probably went to see it. So it probably been a rental thing. Yeah. And I would have probably rented it more than once. Um. And then I would have probably watched it a couple of years ago as an adult and gone, I mean, it's a little bit. It it takes a while to go, and it makes zero sense at all. And there's actually very little jujitsu in it. Um. But looking back at that, you kind of go. But do you know what? The the eight year old me had a better viewing experience. <laughs> they had a better outlook to it. Um it shit. we watched it on Sunday morning whilst having breakfast, didn't we? Yes, it was a perfect And it was a perfect like sort of Sunday morning breakfast movie, in the sense that you could watch it and go, This is just fun. I'm gonna let the fun kind of wash over me. Um it was more fun when Nick Caged on screen. It was, it was also quite nice seeing uh, Eddie Steeples, uh, who is Darnell from My Name Is Earl. Crabman. So, Crabman, yeah. It was quite nice seeing Crabman. Essentially That's just playing, who it was. <laughs> essentially just playing Crabman. Yeah. yeah. But in this, even having some Crabman-like reactions towards the end, and him just getting all of the fucking um, the uh, interpretations wrong... When that is literally his job in the army, <laughs> was brilliant. The the the, um, the lady army girl,
3: Oh, nappy wearing one.
2: Yeah, she, she was just terrible, but in a wonderful way of her trying to interrogate this guy. Kind of watch it going, how do you not get that he has no memory? <laughs> And usually it, you, said that, you know, It's getting to the, it's getting to the everybody's dead, Dave, Dave. Everybody's dead, everybody's dead, Dave. Moment of this, absolutely. <laughs> where they keep on forgetting, because no one can get it that he doesn't what is it? And then you have the wonder of the first time Nick Cage properly appears, <laughs> where midway through a fight, the uh, Alan Stuntman is um, landed now a chair. You've got him um. 'Cause it's not like his name. <laughs> um, and he goes, That's my favourite chair. I'm glad you sat in that chair. And you watch you go oh. What? What? And then he stops the fight and goes, Stop a second. I have other hobbies beyond this, you know. I like to make paper hats. And turns round oh, oh. gets a paper hat oh, yeah. and
4: puts the paper hat on. Oh okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, sorry guys sorry, to guys. interrupt. Lots what do you think of Christmas Chronicles Two?
1: It was good. I didn't like the bit where the girl gets kidnapped.
4: Right, just when she was saying that, Lottie literally just got the dregs of a bottle of beer and just poured them out all over the table. <laughs> <an accident>. Whoops. <laughs> um, I didn't know you, it was in there. No, okay. You didn't like it when the girl got kidnapped, did you not? Yeah. No, but you liked the film, didn't you? And you you voted for it to be the film that your class watched.
1: No, watch I um I really wanted it to be
4: to be the film that you guys watch. It's your like Christmas movie yeah. in school. Yeah. Has something else won, or do you not know yet?
1: No, we don't know yet.
3: There's only one vote for for one thing. Oh, OK. I know it
0: because I'm the guy who suggested it.
4: OK. Oh, well, and that's a good idea. I
0: think Christmas,
1: Christmas
4: is going to win. OK, babe. All right. Love you. Love
1: you.
4: All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Right, Sorry about that. She literally <laughs> just picked up this fucking beer and just poured it out all over the fucking <laughs> table.
2: <laughs> But her reaction of whoops was the perfect reaction to that thing happening.
4: <laughs> oh, dearie me. Anyway, um, the paper hat.
2: Yeah, and, and it's just like with the paper hat. And then the next scene you see him, for some reason, he's Dennis Hopper in, yeah. in Apocalypse, Apocalypse
4: Now. Apocalypse
2: Now, yeah. Uh, and it, but previous to that, in, in the scene with the paper hat, it is like he's wearing all. Of the Nick Cage wigs. Yes. At once. <laughs> it's I, it's a lot of fun. Um, it's Frank Grillo doing
4: Frank Grillo.
3: I was a bit sad that he didn't get more to do.
4: He didn't get a lot to do. Yeah, he, he kind of disappears for really large portions, doesn't he? Yeah. And I, then
3: he dies, but he flips flips at the bird first.
2: Yeah, but they, 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 you
4: watch it going, that is like a perfect
2: Frank Grillo reaction to, to, to him dying. And I, I like the fact that Frank Grillo just does this kind of movie, so he can go off and do, and he can fund War Party, the production uh, company that he has with uh, Joe Carnahan. Yeah. And it's, I, I, I just this movie, it's kind of cool, and I, I do think it's going to end up having a bit of a cult following, because it's not, it's 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 a bit naff, but it's fun. But actually, the guys who are doing the the action bits of it are very talented at what they do. I just think that maybe the guy who's directing it isn't that talented. Yeah, yeah. But the guys who's who's shooting it and choreographing it and all that clearly fucking know what they're doing to a really good extent. Um, and it, it You feels... missed my
3: comments about the framing of the fight. Well,
2: that's, yeah, but that's the frame, that's the directing. Mm. Uh, but it feels like a throwback to something and again, I'm going to show the, the films that I used to watch when I was younger, it feels like a throwback to something like um, the Cynthia Rothrock uh, movies like and O'Brien and things like that. Um, there's a wonderful bit in China O'Brien where because um, there's two of them, China O'Brien and China O'Brien 2, so again, they catch you out with the sequel, where they've filmed them back to back because why not? Why not? Right And when you're watching in number two, there's like a motorbike stunt that's going on. Well, during one of the fight scenes in number one, you can actually see the motorbike stunt in the background <laughs> happening because they were shooting it at the same time. Oh,
1: that's brilliant.
2: And so you can see it happening. And it's only after a few watches you go, wait a minute, That hang on a fucking minute. <laughs> And it kind of feels like that's the vibe that this is going for. Is just, do you know what? We're gonna use GoPros, we're gonna use all of these things to make a early 90s martial arts action movie. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, do you know what? Those went straight to fucking VHS at that point anywhere. And there was a market for it because people enjoyed it. Yeah. You know, it spawned you know, it, it kept certain actors. Steven Seagal, Chuck Norris in Careers. It helped forge the careers for people like um, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Um you know, Jackie Chan to to Westerners was a huge star in, in Asia. But to Westerners found his you know, he came to their attention not via cinematic releases, it was by people fucking selling bootleg copies of you know, a, a, a various Hong Kong martial arts movies that he was in, not Rumble in the Bronx. You know, it, so these kind of films, I, I'm glad that they still exist and I'm glad that <laughs> people find them fun. And I'm glad that they've kind of gone, do you know what? We're going to frame it as being a sci-fi movie when it's not. It's a martial arts movie that doesn't give a shit about the sci-fi apart from that one shot of it, the, the, the fucking, the Predator ripoff uh, mask thing making a face, that they kept on doing, because clearly the director really liked it, or that that was possibly the most expensive shot of the movie. Mm. And so he just wanted to keep on using it.
3: (laughs) I feel like they could have put a little bit more thought into the body and its motivations, rather than literally just ripping off Predator. agree.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: agree, but I don't think they give a shit. No. I just think that they wanted to show... They went... Holy fuck, we've got Tony Yarr. Let's get him doing Tony Yarr stuff. Sorry, guys, I'll be back in a minute. Sorry. Nothing Sorry. wrong. I'll be back in a minute. So, yeah, so I think that that, that was the the, the vibe they were going for with, with things like that. Um, um, I really. And yeah, that bit that. where
3: Tony Yarr first comes into it and he's just like, oh, well, that's fucking hilarious, though. And he, he bursts through something and then, like, two guys look really super surprised that he's there. It's like, did you not hear the fighting and the gunshots?
2: Well, oh, yeah, 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 when all the, the fighting and the gunshots go out, and those two guys go, Oh, my God, <laughs> what's going on? I was like, seriously? Yeah. But the thing is, you've got something like this
1: mm.
2: versus something like Rogue that we watched a couple of weeks ago, which are probably at a similar budget of film. Yeah. But one uses uh, the technology at its budget and its disposal really, really well, and the other one has the worst CGI animals in creation. <laughs> So, you know, would I prefer to watch... Oh,
3: do you know what? I, I literally was like, Rogue? What the fuck is Rogue? We only watched it like a couple of weeks ago, and I'd completely forgotten that it existed. Exactly.
2: Whereas you won't forget Jiu-Jitsu. I will not. Yeah. It was good. And then at the end where, I suppose all the time, guys, where they decide, oh, it was your dad. And he's like,
1: what? Whoa. <laughs> and you watched
2: it going, going, I mean, that makes no fucking sense.
3: No, especially as like... <laughs> Throughout it, they have been alluding to possibly, like, some kind of supernatural thing. And Nick's case, like, you're me. I'm glad you like that chair. That's my favourite chair. Yeah. You'll be me in a few years' time. And it's like, is there some kind of weird shit going on? Like, he's, he's, he's come back in time to help him not shame himself. Yeah. Because, like, he ran away. No, it's
2: just his dad. Also, well, why pick six years? It's an odd amount of time to pick. Yeah. It's not even that long.
3: Not really. No. <laughs> um
2: it is it's it's
3: the main guy's not
0: good
2: no he he he's not but he's not there to to act he's there to to kick and fight and crotch people in the foot with his crotch Can
1: You stop thrusting
2: oh crotching
3: <laughs> thrusting in the general area of the microphone
2: i'm crotching
3: he's thrusting at you guys
2: uh, so, yeah, so that was it. Uh, so, what were you, where, where were you? Where were we, where were we fitting it? Um, what were you on, your, uh, on our back? Uh, I'm, I'm going to have to go with Geostorm on
3: this
2: one. I'm Geostorm with it, because I think it's what... It, it, I think if you were to offer the film um, a rating, I think it would go, look, we're not going to try and pretend that this is definitely not shit. So, we're going to set Geostorm.
3: I think in the in the vein of so good it's bad if this was better made and better acted and all that kind of stuff i don't think it'd be as enjoyable
2: no i agree with you on that i'm going yeah, definitely not shit i had a good time with it <laughs> yeah that's good I I, I I well our audience poll
3: did you didn't give your rating
2: uh, i'm just i said you uh was definitely not shit 33 percent touching cloth 0% Shit seventeen percent and Geostar, fifty percent. So yeah, what brief. I would say there is it is majority positive. Pat. Yeah. And I am quite glad about that. Yeah. And jujitsu does seem to have it, it, it seems to already be getting a little bit of a following, which I, again I'm quite glad about. Yeah. Um, yeah.
4: I, I found the details of that Nicolas Cage film I was referring to earlier. Oh yes, well. So it's called The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Um he's producing it. So, Nicolas Cage stars as himself, he's down on his luck, and he begrudgingly accepts a $1 million offer to attend the birthday of a Mexican billionaire superfan, played by Pedro Pascal. When, (laughs) When things take a wild turn, Nick is forced to become a version of some of his most iconic and beloved characters in order to extricate his wife and daughter from the fan, who is a notorious drug lord. Um, also stars Tiffany Haddish Neil Patrick Harris and Sharon Horgan production apparently happened in October uh, in Croatia and it's coming out next year it's directed by the guy who
2: directed That Awkward Moment sure
4: I don't know what, (laughs) That Awkward Moment is a fun film it is and that Sounds like a fucking treat to me. Uh, got to be it, honest, that sounds great. Yeah, it's expected. Apparently, it's got a, a, a penciled in release date
2: of um, March next year. Yeah, yeah. A quick uh, yeah. Oh, Ian know which films is going to reply for, for this? Hmm. Uh, face off, Con Air. Leaving Las Vegas, Gone in 60 Seconds, and Joe. <laughs>
4: I love the Joes in there. <laughs> yeah, I liked Joe, though. Joe? Which
3: one was that?
4: Um, maybe
2: Gordon Green, wasn't it? Gordon Green, yeah. Look it up. It's a good film, actually, Joe. Um. So, moving on.
4: Are you a craft beer junkie do you eagerly anticipate the freshest IPA release from your local craft brewer do you check in every beer you've ever had on untapped do you know the difference between a Belgian triple and a
2: Berliner Weisse then do we have a podcast for you what's untapped podcast gives you beer reviews
4: interviews with brewers behind the scenes access to beer festivals games and more whether you're a craft beer junkie or new to the world of craft brewing what's untapped
2: podcast is something for you Check us out online, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and
0: now we are podsyndicate.com. And as always, keep drinking you dum-dums.
2: The mulberry boys, every Friday night,
1: on the show, you better know they keep it tight. ETL is back in the Jstroms in the zone. Introduce the co-host, he doesn't do it alone is about to hold court you know he's on the headset you can hear him snort pop culture movies tv shows and games rotten tomatoes reviews, news and blu-rays funky don't play around he will bust to drop fast welcome to the entertainment landfill podcast the jason Woo! and steven show it's the jason
0: and steven show what? what the jason and steven show it's the jason and steven show For the cat, you can go every other day, but the dog mm-hmm. and the fish need to be seen morning and okay. night. Oh, and the apartment on Butler has this weird lock, so if you jiggle it, it will lock, but you have to make sure that you do that. Yes. What are you doing on your phone?
1: I'm sorry, I left a gentleman alone in my apartment, so I'm tracking him to
0: make sure he leaves. You're tracking him? Yeah, I track everybody. If the NSA can do it, so can I.
2: And he's gone, sorry, what were you saying? I wrote it all down. If they're
0: really specific directions, but if you need anything, you can obviously call
1: it. Don't worry, I'm responsible for the
4: careers of dozens of authors. I am more than capable of taking care of a few pets for two days. Yeah, it's,
2: it's five days. Five days, that's what I said, refill. you feel? Hi. Mm. And I sort of think I made the right decision but at the same time. What is ultrasuede? Ultrasuede is like a water resistant fabric. Hello. What are we doing here? Hi, can I help you? Yeah, I'm picking up, my name's Abby Holland. Oh yes, of course. Um, just wait right here, I'll be right back. Oh, Enjoy some champagne. Oh.
0: Thank you. I love champagne.
1: Here we are.
3: May I? Yeah, of
2: course. Thanks. There it is. No. Happiest season. Um, It's written and directed by Claire Duval, which I forgot, didn't I, when we started watching it. Yes. And then so I went,
1: holy fuck. Um,
2: I about that. Um,
3: which I do think you said it in quite that <laughs> holy fuck voice that you just did <laughs> I
2: think I did I just think you were you were listening clearly no, yeah. uh, stars Kristen Stewart, Mackenzie Davis Alison Brie, Aubrey Plaza, Dan Levy, uh, Mary Steenberg and other people are oh, there Yeah. Um, so what's the story I reckon I can fucking do this one I reckon I can, I reckon I can do the synopsis for this one so, um, Kristen Stewart and Mackenzie Davis play uh, Abby and Harper, who are partners. and um, Business partners? No, uh, sexual partners. What? Harper is going back to her parents uh, for Christmas. Abby has no parents. She's an orphan. She's an orphan. Um, so, she's not. Uh, then Harper invites her to come and spend Christmas with her parents. Clearly, immediately regrets <laughs> it, uh, which we'll get into. Um Harper's uh, father is uh, in politics and is running for mayor of Random Place. Sheetsville. Uh, Mm -hmm. There. And essentially is going to use Harper to help get funding from a prominent donor. And what would you have it? Uh, Harper hasn't actually told her parents that she's gay or that she's in a relationship. So ask Abby to pretend uh, that... She's just her roommate. Uh, and then hilarity ensues. I mean, does it? We're going to get into it. Some mild laughs ensue. We're going to get into it. Ian, what do you think of Happiest Season?
4: Um, Yeah, I mean, I I, I enjoyed my time with it. Um just fundamentally well not i don't know i disagree with the ending and i think the mackenzie davies character had many 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 missteps uh which isn't mackenzie davis's fault i think you know i, I think she's good she's good you know she's uh, she does what she's asked to do here well um yeah it, it's Surprisingly, more drama than comedy. Um, and also, so Dean Lines um, on um, Twitter, uh, uh, screenwriter uh, yep. gentleman. I, you know, I'm, I'm acquaintances with him. I, 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 I don't think I'd necessarily call him a friend just because I don't know him well enough. But he's a good dude. Yeah. He, he was saying the other day how. Films these days, well, uh, how uh, you know Christmas films these days look quite sterile and like Netflix films look cold and sterile. And they don't evoke the warmth of the season. They're and not I Netflix-y. Look, yeah, and I looked Happy Season, which isn't a Netflix film. It's a Hulu, orig- it's a Hulu film, but it was actually meant for theatrical release, and they bought it off of um, Sony. Um, I look at this film, and I just think. This is as sterile looking as the social network. This film is Christmassy because of I don't know the fact it's set at Christmas. It has Christmas things in it, but the 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 there's no warmth to the image. And I, I you know I think I, I it's a bit of a random tangent. This was so early in the review, but it just it look it didn't look like a Christmas film, and a lot of Netflix films are do are, are doing this. And again, this isn't a Netflix film, but it seems to be a just a disease of today where this literally, like, if you stripped out the dialogue, stripped out the music, you could go, yeah, this could sit in the girl with the dragon tattoo world. <laughs> That's happiest season. What did you guys think of it? What did you think? Back?
2: <laughs> That's a that is a, a brilliant <laughs> take.
3: I feel I feel like I like.
2: Thank you.
3: That it exists mm. and I like mm. the premise. Yep. But I fucking hate a lot of it. Like I hate her toxic family. I I hate the way that she mistreats kristen stewart and then kristen stewart just fucking forgives her and like a lot of that like she deserves some consequences for me for how she behaves like not not even so much like i can kind of understand that put in that position by her equally toxic sister that she might panic and go no that's not true but the bit where Abby goes up to see her to make sure she's all right after being out until like three in the morning or whatever, and she's like, "Oh my god, like you're just fucking crowding me." It's like
2: suffocating me, I believe she says.
3: Same. Oh, no, no, I don't know. I am
2: just saying. Yeah. It, I, I think suffocating it, a is a more, word. stronger word than, than, than crowding. I, I was meaning. I was agreeing with you.
3: Like, I, I don't, I don't know how. I've been with you since I was sixteen years old, and if I came up to see if you were all right after a night out where you'd been out getting pissed till three in the morning, and you said that I was suffocating you, I think I'd probably walk. So there's a warning to you. I've, I've walked, I've walked back,
2: but... i walk I, a I have the least amount of sympathy for myself when I'm hungover.
3: <laughs> I just... It, it, they, they did not make Harper sympathetic. And I think that...
4: I, I, have, a, yeah, I have a different opinion on that. It, it, it is interesting there. I, it. I think the Dan Levy speech outside with christian stewart at the end there almost saved it for me in he is like you don't know what it's like to be in a family that just like would not go for this and you know the idea that maybe it's gonna make harper like basically have a personality shift for a bit because you know it, it's the whole you don't understand unless you've lived that life kind of thing you know um
3: i get that but they're on their but, own at
4: that point
3: and when she tells her and she goes look i'm I'm gonna go back i'm not coming she makes her go with her yeah i mean it's, gone, no, yeah but- actually it's gonna be really fucking uncomfortable i'll go on my own you go home i'll tell them after the holidays and then you know next year you know, it's she couldn't true. let her go. She didn't have to force her into that really shitty situation.
4: And no, and I mean I, I that's that's the thing one hundred percent, Bex. I, I I'm with you there. It, it it it's and I mean I unfortunately in a way, unfortunately, it's I don't know how much I can criticize the actions of the character. In the end of the day, this film was written and directed by a woman who is far more likely to have been in the situation that Harper is in in this film than i have ever been um and maybe i just can't see that perspective but saying that like you say could have let her go at any point the film also weirdly focuses on harper and the ex-boyfriend for a weirdly long amount of time, considering that literally comes to nothing. It's not like she's even tempted by him or anything. It's just, yeah, I'll see you later.
1: But she's uh,
3: deliberately flirting with him to make Abby jealous when she sees that Abby's hanging out with Aubrey Plaza. That's deliberate at the party.
4: Oh, fuck. Okay, yeah. I it it It, it feels... The thing is, this film is full of good intent, and like you say, Bex, I'm glad this, and it seems to be hitting for a lot of people, and that that that's brilliant. I'm not gonna argue with those people, but for me, it does feel like maybe a inexperienced filmmaker who is trying to do a lot you know given it's two pretty big female stars as a, a lesbian couple and not quite getting away with it it feels quite sloppy it feels quite messy it's not that funny <coughs> i yeah i just i i feel like i'm not 100 percent in the right place to say this is unbelievable, especially given Dan Levy's perspective towards the end of the film.
3: I'm not saying it's unbelievable. I'm not saying that <coughs> it feels, um it, it doesn't feel like a thing that would happen. It, it absolutely does. But because Mackenzie Davis is not, she's not got any warmth as an actress. She doesn't pull you in and she doesn't make you care about her. Whereas I think Kristen Stewart over the years, has got to a point where she, she kind of can. Sometimes she's a bit, you know, Kristen Stewart is a robot. But more and more over time, she is, she is quite relatable. And see so you there, and you kind of naturally side of Kristen Stewart. And I mean, we, we were texting while you were watching it, and we just watched okay. it, weren't we? And I, I genuinely shouted at the screen at one point, have some fucking dignity and go home with Daniel Levy. Just leave. And earlier... Just just fuck Aubrey Plaza. Just go ahead and fuck Aubrey Plaza. Because, like, she just treated her like shit. And I was reading an interview with Kristen Stewart that they wanted to make Mackenzie Davis, like, not the baddie. And I think they failed at that a little bit.
4: Yeah, they fucked that up, if that was the intention. Well, even though, then again, I mean, like, is she the baddie or is it the things that in her life that have made her do that? She's grown up,
3: Ian. She She can... Make her own decisions about how she treats the person she's supposed to love
4: but i no yeah, I mean you no the thing is, I agree, but at the same time, in that situation where your your dad's running for whatever the fuck he's running for, and you are in that conservative light even though I will say one thing that then makes me think differently about that Mary Steenburgen certainly changes her mind on the whole situation pretty quickly. Mm. you know it, it it feels like if she was under that much pressure the fam like it would you know the family would have ostracized her or something like that i mean like it maybe would have been more powerful if it was like the family have basically told her no fuck off yeah. and then she decides to be with her anyway
3: <clears throat> yeah that's it they, they, they take it pretty well to be fair the parents
4: yeah.
3: which is mean, the brawl but that's the sister's
4: but the, and, and then that kind of puts the lie a little bit to Mackenzie Davis's like the fact that she has turned so much because she is feeling stressed about the whole situation at home because she thinks that her family are too conservative and whatnot. You know, it just there there, there are just little bits that it, it makes it's almost like a game of Jenga this and it's like you just there are bits you're pulling out of it all the way through and just. Kind of waiting for it to topple over, but at the same time, like you said, I'm glad it exists.
3: Mm. Um, one last point before you get a chance to speak. Sorry,
2: Matt. Um, no, I've, I've enjoyed listening to you guys. Quite, really I good. love
3: Jane. That's it. Carry
4: on. She's okay. the younger sister,
3: the middle sister. Uh, yeah, the younger sister.
4: No, yeah, yeah, she was good.
3: Yeah. Um, Matt Payton was
2: really good. He <laughs> was really good, actually. Yeah, yeah. um. I actually really enjoyed it. I am not I, I I really enjoyed the fact that I it did feel like a, a dysfunctional family Christmas movie. I, I did like the fact that it was just that rather than being the lesbian Christmas movie. I, I like the fact that, that it was it felt like that to me. Mm. Um that I like the fact that it, it allowed itself to be silly at points. Uh, and have silly characters and had
4: jepery within it.
3: I loved the little like side story bit of um, Daniel Levy's character trying to take care of the pets and completely forgetting yeah. about the fish and, like, he and goes then, across and he's like, oh, by the way, where would I get some fish? And then the next one, he's in a fish shop.
2: Yeah, and he's, he's in the yeah he's in the the um, pet store. Pet store, oh. yeah, and that that was was amusing. I, I thought it was clever what they did with his character, in the fact that he's he's he essentially he's there as cut relief and he's there as generic gay best friend.
3: And then he gets the, but
2: then he gets the the big he gets the the the, the proper adult speech mm. and he gets that and he, he doesn't deliver it in the same vein no. as what is it it's it, it's a really well it, it's a really well delivered speech and it, it, it makes sense and what he says absolutely backs up however I do agree that it doesn't it doesn't forgive. This character, it forgives the character on the page um, of, of Harper. It doesn't forgive and doesn't justify, I think, Mackenzie Davis's portrayal of this character. Mm. And that is what I think it is. And I think it's a mild element of mid-casting, of miscasting, mm. because I think that there's a definite, she sees herself as the adult in the relationship. And that kind of it it it, 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 it vexes the whole uh, dynamic to an extent uh, with that 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 didn't sit well with me. Mm. And I I I still find Mackenzie Davis a, a very a, 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 I can't pinpoint her as an actress in the sense that I can't work out if she's actually a any good or b in any when any in any way charismatic. I feel like she's got a reputation and got a standing that she has fucking not earned at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and it almost feels like she feels like she's she's leading this film. And it's like, hang on a fucking minute. Christian Stewart has, uh, has put in 20 years worth of work to be where she fucking is. And has done the big blockbuster, has taken all of the shit from it, but has also done the arthouse movies and rebuilt her career in a sense that she had no fucking reason to ever rebuild her career, to need to. Because the Twilight movies were derided for no fucking reason, other than the fact that people decided they were stupid and that they didn't like them. But they made a shitload of money.
4: I mean, she's they, made, the old...
2: they, they made a lot of people really, really fucking happy, and to an extent, she's had to work harder than than Patterson. Yeah. Because of sexism. Yep. Yeah, yeah. and, and that um, is the, I... the, the, the only fucking reason why she's had to work. I don't know. Patterson's had to work hard to shake that, but it, it, it does seem like it's been a little bit easier for him to do than it has been for Kristen Stewart to do.
3: But that experience and charisma comes out on screen. The disparity comes out on screen. You you don't remember much about Harper as a character, but you remember Abby. You remember Aubrey Plaza's character. You
4: remember... I, 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 I will say, I don't think... I, I didn't get the feeling that Mackenzie Davies was the lead in this film at all. I the, thought it was... Horrible. It was I, I, get, I get the feeling that the, but I get the feeling like the,
2: her portrayal makes me think that she thinks he is the yeah, lead. yeah that that's it
3: i've got such an arrogant air to her it, 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 it,
2: yeah she does she does and it it's I, i'm still waiting i'm still waiting to see what the fuck people keep on fucking raving about with have you seen
4: uh, i i i maybe you've been asked this a lot mark have you seen san Junipero, the black mirror <laughs> <of> the <show? laughs>
1: well
4: i
2: have yes. You mean the? Uh, oh, it's fine. The most fine, overrated forty-five minutes of TV in existence possibly. I don't know, man.
4: It's pretty great. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it, it's fine.
3: Even in that, though, she's not the best actress. And
4: the no, woman. she's not. Actually, no. That's you're right,
2: Bex. But uh, but it's fine. It's just fine. No,
3: Sandra
2: Perera is. It's fine. No, it's not. It, fine. The problem is with Sandra Perera is. Is, it can be described by the way that Mackenzie Davis feels, if San Junipero is anywhere near as good as people try and tell you it is, it would literally, that would be the only thing that would ever be shown, ever. The, the, the,
4: the thing about San Junipero is it's basically the only Black Mirror episode that's ever been heartwarming. And I think it maybe shows that, hey, maybe people don't just want dystopian nightmares in their entertainment funny, that, isn't it? It is. And is it...
3: fucking great in
4: that, though. Gugu, Gugu and Baffa Raw is the shit. Gugu and Baffa Raw is magnificent in anything. Yeah. Like, Have, have you guys seen um, Beyond Beyond the Lights? I talked about it not long ago. So no, I haven't, but it's one of those summer watch lists oh, that, that I've not so watched. So good. Yeah. So fucking good. Um,
2: so, yeah, just quick, to, to, to have your season. It, it, I, I relate it. I will watch it again next Christmas. It, yeah. it will enter. Yeah. It, it will enter a, a rotation for me yeah. because it was it it was floaty but then had a message. I'm I, mean, not, it, I'm sure, I I'm not sure I liked where it went in the end, but I, I enjoyed enough of the journey, and I laughed enough to make it a, a comedy. And it, it's one of those where next year I might watch it and go, "Yeah, it's completely fucking falling apart," or it might get better. But also, well, it, it's. And we we say this a lot when we watch things that have gone straight to streaming services. Would I have come out of the cinema watching that and thought I feel
4: a little bit jipped? Absolutely not. I'd have come out of the cinema going mm. that was a fucking good fucking time. I mean, I'm looking forward to happier season two, Stuart Plaza Cancun adventure.
2: <laughs> yeah,
4: and the thing is, we'd be fine with watching that.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, I, but I also enjoyed the, the Instagram feed thing at the end and everything like that. That was, was, was kind of cool. It was. It, it felt like it, it had the ending that it needed to have. I just maybe wanted a different ending. It's just. It,
3: it's such a whiplash kind of thing that they've just been shitty and then it's all just snapshots of Mary Steenbergen's Instagram of it all being fine.
4: It, it feels like both. uh Fairy tale look, like it, it, it's quite like a Hollywood ending of how this would go, but at the same time, it's got some potentially really weird psychological stuff going on with Mackenzie Davis's character that maybe Claire Duvall has experienced, like in her own life or like variations of that. I, 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 I don't know. It's interesting, but looking at Claire Duvall's like social media. I 100% believe that that woman wrote and directed this from from a place of the greatest of intent and if there are failings in the film I think that some of them are down to her but I think she should still be proud of what she's managed to fucking do here yeah
2: yeah, yeah. I would be very interested to see what she does this is her second film to direct I think Okay. Uh, I haven't yeah. seen the first one. Um, but.
3: I think the only real failing that the film has got is it, it it makes. Mackenzie Davis is too cold to Kristen Stewart and too mean to her while they're there. Like it, if they just softened her slightly, it could it, it work. Or if they'd had like a thing like. Do you know what, I'm so sorry if I'm being weird while we're here. It's just really getting to me, the pressure of trying to keep this secret. If they'd have that scene to explain, like, why she was being shitty to her and mm-hmm. why she was shunning her when she went upstairs to see if she was Rather, okay. than, rather than,
2: what's your fucking problem? Get out of face. It, it,
4: anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's so that.
3: that. but then, oh, shit, I'm so sorry. I just, it getting
4: to me. Also tell her before you get in the car so that christian stewart is an active and willing participant of this Mm. before you set off Uh, and then and then when i don't actually use that against her at one point where she says you know you knew about this you agreed to this like that's a soft degree (laughs) yeah i mean that that's the thing it's it's like we're almost there anyway, we may as well see how this goes, more than a, I'm, like, I'm with you. I think also the fact that that literally on the morning, when she
2: once she she wasn't horny anymore, and full of Christmas spirit, she was like, maybe we don't come, you know, because maybe you don't, so she's already kind of like, she's trying to...
3: We should have said to her at that point, look, my parents don't know.
2: Mm. But when, when would she have told them? Because I don't believe she could going to tell them after the
4: holidays. No.
3: Um, so basically, what we're saying is Mackenzie Davis' character is
4: a snake. And also, just to make very, very clear, the moment where she fucking says in front of that whole room that her sister is lying about the relationship, how that, I mean, yes, Christian Stewart reacts then just like, no that's it it's over how that's not it it's over forever I don't know but then that Dan Levy conversation I don't know what I don't know how that feels but I just uh, that's such a fucking horrible not just to the parents but to all those people in that room have less people in that room at least, because it's a humiliation. Yeah, no, that, yeah. yeah I, I, I agree. Um,
3: Especially after obviously what she'd already done to Aubrey Plaza. Mm,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah she'd fall for it. Yeah. Yeah.
4: God, uh, yeah, yeah. She's already done all this to Aubrey Plaza. Yeah. yeah. Dick. Uh, She's a dick.
2: She's a dick. I, I, Steve Buscemi, wedding singer. They'll be divorced in a year. <laughs> Fucking hell!
3: I would like to point out as well, actually. I, I saw a funny tweet earlier that made me chuckle, which was basically a picture of Kristen Stewart reclining against the oh, bar yeah, it, and it, it, and that white, white present, white pipe. It's bit, and it's like this is definitely, definitely the outfit I would wear if I was trying to convince my partner's parents that I was straight. <laughs> that, yeah. is the, that is, if you if you Googled like stylish, sexy, gay lady start a pack, that is what would be in it. Like a skinny kind of tie and necklace, open open shirt.
2: Yeah. I, a nicely I, cut. I, I I very much did look at her and go, I would. She definitely wouldn't.
3: <laughs> I would. She maybe would. <laughs> she maybe would
2: yeah. <laughs> um I'm definitely not sure. I, 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 I really enjoyed it to be yeah, honest.
3: That, I, I did. I just I just wish I didn't feel so bad for Kristen Stewart.
2: But, how that
3: girl's gonna treat her for the rest? The of thing their
2: lives is, you both had a really a strong reaction to it, I'll yeah. well say, which is quite cool.
4: Um, I'll tell you what, though, in the what, year of Christ in the year of COVID, Kristen Stewart has had two ve- like really good performances. This and Underwater, because that movie came out this year. It did, didn't it? One of the most underrated movies of the year. Yeah. Fucking right, Underwater's cracking.
3: Seaberg out this year
4: as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Oh, I haven't seen that yet.
3: It's on now TV. I'm gonna have it watched this week.
4: Yeah, yeah, good shout. Uh, so what are you Ian on,
2: on, on I'm happy season?
1: He's either really thinking or we've lost him. What are you, Becky? I've
2: said definitely. Oh you're not shit. Ian's Geostar. Um, <laughs> and our uh, <laughs> our audience poll, definitely not shit seventy-five percent. Uh, Touching Cloth, 0%. Shit, 0%. And Geostorm,
4: 25%. Hmm. I, I could kind of see that. If you're saying that like the Harper thing is so fucking bad, but the rest of it's good. Yeah, kinda. I can see that.
3: We didn't get your rating in, because you kind of dipped out audio-wise for a second. Yeah,
4: you? no, I'm sorry. My, yeah, my connection went for a second. Um, Definitely not shit. But rage inducing yeah i mean just if harper was better performed slash written i honestly think this would be like in the rotation like mark was saying earlier on as it is now i don't need to feel rage at christmas um but maybe i'll just watch all the christian schuett aubrey plaza scenes <laughs> You're super cool Yeah, yeah. cuz this is the thing as well, you know, it's like Aubrey Plaza. I was kind of half expecting her to be like a fucking turncoat and try to fuck things up, but no. She's just a nice girl who had a fucking horrible experience with Stuart's now partner. Yeah, she's just she's just she's just, she's just trying to be nice to her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah that, that was it was quite cool I thought she was she was very good in it and Literally, it felt like a bit more of a grown-up performance from Arby Plaza.
4: Yeah, fucking... Uh, probably my favourite thing I've ever seen her do. Uh, well, that, I, I'd actually like to in a few bits. Because
2: uh, what, what was that one she did? Ingrid Goes West. Ingrid Goes West. Have you seen that yet? No. It's really fucking good. Yeah, I should see that Um, So moving on to something else that might be really fucking good. You gotta take care of business, you gotta go to school, you
0: gotta get good grades to even have a chance. Mom was the best in her class. What's the point? I'm talking about a chance. You might not make it, but you sure as hell won't if you don't try. Why do you even care what I do? I ain't gonna live forever. Who's gonna take care of this family when I'm gone? I thought your mama was gonna be all right be happy, do good, but she got tore up around here. She just up and quit, she just stopped trying. I know I could have done better. But you, you gotta decide you want to be somebody.
2: Oh, no. Hillbilly Elegy uh, right. is um, directed by Ron Howard and uh, written by Vanessa Taylor based on a J.D. Vance um, autobiography, uh, Hillbilly Elegy, uh, and stars Amy Adams, Glenn Close, um, Gabriel Basso, Haley Bennett, Freda Pinto. I forgot what's Freda Pinto. Mm. Yeah. Um and other people. Uh, what is it What is it? the story of? Um, so I'm going to read the premise from the Wikipedia. Uh, this film is a modern exploration of the American dream through three generations of the Vances, an Appalachian family most notably focused on J.D. Vance's relationship with his troubled mother and her ongoing heroin addiction along with the love and care of his supportive grandmother. Yeah. Did we watch the wrong movie? <laughs> um I yeah I have opinions about this movie uh, that I will share shortly. But first of all, Ian, what do you
4: think to hillbilly elegy? I mean, there's not been that many bad films this year. It's been it's been a year where so little has come out that the general quality has been okay. You know, like I, I you know, there's been a few five bangers, um, but. Uh this film is awful. Um and I don't think Ron Howard has any fucking business directing this. Um or at least aspects of this. Like JD Vance is a guy who later on, you know, became like a venture capitalist guy with Peter teal who's a human shit stain himself um and the whole moral of this film being essentially you know you gotta love your family family's the only thing that matters but also fucking hell you need to get out of there mate that's rancid it's uh I yeah I um it's the worst that Amy Adams has ever been. Um, she's either loving mother or absolute fucking psycho. There's no in between. Uh, which I blame entirely on Ron Howard. Um, Glenn Close talking about neutral terminators is a choice. I I mean Hayley Bennett. Hayley Bennett's fucking fascinating. Like that's a career um, where she seems to be like the next big thing, but she looks too much like Jennifer Lawrence that people just cast her when they can't afford Jennifer Lawrence. Um, And she apparently like had an affair with Joe, Wright Quite knowingly when he was married, you know, maybe not the, not the nicest personal life in the world. Um, and i yeah, i just it's a film full of uh, oh, okay to great actors doing shit performances uh from a director who should really not be touching this material with a barge pole um and is so obviously going for oscar that quite frankly the that how not getting any oscars whatsoever may well be wank juice for me for the next couple of months Becky. thanks
3: see i didn't i didn't dislike it as much as i think you did but it does feel kind of pointless like it it meanders it's it, it just doesn't seem to be any apart from just like wanting this this super fucking kid thinking his life's interesting enough to write a book about and then them deciding that that's interesting to make a film of there's not there's not really an awful lot to it it's the story is so fucking flimsy and like you say it's it's actors that should be better doing kind of shitty performances to be honest Glenn Close's makeup is an abomination I I, I was watching it thinking what does she look like she looks like something what does she fucking look like I turned around to you at one point, didn't I, and said, "I fucking got it. She looks like the Bo selector masks. That's what the makeup that they've put on her makes her look like."
2: Like a little bit like the Mel B.
3: Like a bit like the Mel B, especially the the the, the bad like hair that they've given her as well. Like it's so terrible. Like fine, age her a bit, make her look less glamorous, whatever. But it it, it was terrible. Really, ter- like like distractingly terrible.
2: It felt pantomime
3: Yeah, it did. And it made things that it clearly wanted you to really feel were very serious funny.
4: Yeah.
3: And I don't think that was the vibe they were going for.
2: No, no, I don't think it was.
3: But it just wasn't interesting. And Amy Adams is, is a good actress. She's shinest. She's probably least shit.
2: Oh, that wasn't, a, I don't agree with you. <laughs> It was. It was. It was. I'll get to it in a minute.
3: When
2: well, you allowed to inject? It's a conversation. It, the 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 issue with this movie is that it, yeah. 100% agree with you. I don't. I don't get the book might be different, but if if the book is different, then why isn't it what we're seeing on screen? Mm. It's not. It's not an interesting story. No, it's not. It's not interesting. It's not. It it it's not there's nothing big enough to go oh my god he overcame <sighs> all this adversity it's like right a lot of other people do what 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 it, it the whole story seems to come from an ego of the main character going look at what I became mm. and from what I came from marvel at my story it's like we set my story as I essentially exploit my family by saying how much family means to me. While showing them being shitty.
4: While showing them being shitty to prove how amazing it was that I achieved this. Uh, this is the thing. Like, his family, positives about the family. His sister is nice. yeah, And Glenn Close buys him a scientific calculator, is nice to him but also says, hey, you're druggie friends, you shouldn't have druggie friends anymore, you should work. Okay, then I'm going to work.
3: Oh, no, he only does that after he realises her spending $84 on the calculator means she hasn't been able to afford a fucking prescription and yeah. can't have food.
2: Yeah. Um, the, thing is, the thing is, the problem is, it's, the, it's, it's showing the whole thing. It keeps saying it's trying to show three generations of it right the problem is you're focusing on the one character that's probably the fucking dullest character in it and i was watching him looking and when he was a kid because the kid actually's playing i don't think it's very good or he's either not very good or he's really good he's one of the two because all i was doing was going do you know what i'd punch him in the face (laughs) <laughs> if I was if if, if I was his mum if I was him Adams I punch I lose my shit with him all of the fucking time because he's just unnecessarily clumsy and that's annoying and so I was a little bit like maybe maybe the reason why she became a drug addict was because you're her fucking son I maybe think... that's the reason wow. maybe it's all your fucking fault right the the the, the people is... Go on, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, go on, go on. Sorry. Her character and what happens to her character, which we don't see uh, essentially, other than through his showing of her losing her shit, um, is more interesting than than him. We, We pick up with him. We start with him. Him being a weird little kid who clearly is very intelligent, and then is trying to get a job so he can pay for the last year of law school, right? those two bits seem to be the least interesting parts of his life, when you go, hang on a minute, you were in the Marines?
3: Yeah, you don't
4: get to see him in the Marines. And it's like, all of those bits seem interesting. I mean, it feels like there was some shit cut out there, because there is that shot of him having his fucking head shaved, yeah, which is yeah, like a yeah, two-second like, shot.
2: It feels like It feels like Ron Howard made a Two hour forty minute American dream epic that he then sat down and watched and went with brian grazer and and, and went this is shit this is shit innit? and they have gone yeah it, it it's shit what what happened here I've gone I don't know we're cast going close because for some reason everyone's decided that i, I, I it, it, at some point, the world will go. Maybe Glenn Close is just an alright actress.
4: I, I mean, she's also, fine. Also, casting Amy Adams as a heroin addicted hillbilly mum who is apparently really smart. She's the smartest woman he's ever known. Yep.
2: And um, th- she you, also ideas to come, but. That's almost disputed within the movie, though, because it's like at one point she was second in her class and yeah. then at one point she was top of the class. Yeah. And yeah. when he mentions it to fucking Grandma Selector, um, <laughs>
4: she oh pulls God. like an odd face like she's been filling your head with shit, boy. Yeah, you no, know, I mean, because th- th- yeah, I mean, this is this is the thing. It- it's for all the the talk about Amy Adams' character, uh, like, basically having, like, not being able to get out of the fucking mire, whereas he's been able to, there's no real indication of that. You know, it's like, we see her nursing, and in that very same scene, she takes a bunch of pills and then gets fired. You know, it's... There's no sense whatsoever that Amy Adams' character was anything ever, ever, but a, but a complete fucking burnout. Well, that, that's it. Because well,
2: at, at start, when, you, when we first introduced them and they went, uh, and Haley Bennett's there, it's like, oh, where's your brother? I was thinking, well, hang on a minute. Haley Bennett is your daughter, right? So I'm guessing that it's going to come out that she was like very young when she was pregnant or anything like that. But then we don't find out. But you're looking at going, well, Haley Bennett at this moment, where I think they're trying to pretend that she is like, what, mid to late teens, hmm. already looks like she's about 27 at best. And I like I like Haley Bennett. Uh, but And she's the nicest character in it. She just seems nice. She doesn't even chew out JD when he basically is saying... Yeah, I'm going to fuck off back to my Yale interview thing, which I kind of agree that, you know, he's he's allowed to do that. He can feel justified doing that. But also his sister at exactly the same time could feel justified
4: in chewing him out a little bit about it. But then then the moral. But then what happens at the end? Mom, I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to be hundreds if not thousands of miles away sending my sister money to pay for you to get better but you fuck right off if you ever think i'm physically coming back here because i've got to go do yale shit that's yep. what that ending says to me
2: also that there's a bit where he chews out uh his his girlfriend a little bit yeah and i was i, I was watching i tell becky and went do you think he realized how much he's punching he should be fucking
4: chewing her out like that. <laughs> no, I mean it. uh it's so sloppy. And the thing is, again, I've I've never lived in, in in the area this film is set. You know, it's like, but I don't know how people from that area can watch this film and go, yeah, 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 you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm proud of that you know it's called hillbilly elegy yeah um even the title has the whiff of
2: i'm better than all of you people yeah yeah it isn't it, 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 it it's such
4: a oh fuck off yeah i it, it i don't know it just it's a, as you said bex it's a pointless couple hours um you don't really feel anything through it um th- and also <laughs> that like the, 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 the relationship between like, amy adams and glenn close is fucking bizarre because amy adams seems to hate glenn close she calls her like a witch and whatnot and then there's that flashback which is the definition of that that escalated quickly where glenn close <laughs> seems to set her husband on fire i yeah. love
3: that yeah she did warn him
4: yeah, she did warn him, but then she just set him on fire.
2: But it, it's like, Haley, you don't need to explain these bits to him outside the hospital, and his reactions just don't seem right to that. He should have been, whoa, hang on a minute. Grandma set Grandad on fire. No,
3: no, no, Mama. <laughs> Mama. Mama. Oh, Mama. fucking yeah, hell. I
4: set of, yeah,
2: Pad 4. Yeah, I, I, Literally, there's a moment in, I think, um, in Horrible Bosses, where Kevin Spacey, and I know we're not supposed to talk about Kevin Spacey, um, Jason Bateman's character uh, mentions that he he, he missed his Gam Gam's um, funeral uh, because he was working to impress him. And Kevin Spacey goes, oh my God, I never realised, I never realised that you call your grandmother Gam Gam and just laughs at him about it. And it just seems like Somebody should have done that to this guy. Yeah. Like in the Marines, he was—he absolutely got fucking got got private piled about that. That boy got hit with soap in a fucking sock about that. Without question, it—it's crap, and it never had a chance to be good because the source material, and I haven't read it, so I can't comment on it. But I'm going to—is crap.
3: <laughs> you, can't, you can't say that if you've not read it.
4: You would have I, to assume so.
2: I feel like I can. I feel like I can. I was watching it go going, yeah, email it going. Yep, even late for Trump, throughout the entire thing. Yeah. Yep, yeah. and his wife secretly voted Biden, but pretended she voted Trump. Your mama. No, his wife.
4: Pinto.
3: Oh, Pinto, yeah. yeah.
2: Who is clearly banging somebody else. I mean, you'd have to, wouldn't you? Yeah, you would do. It, it, it's just not very good. And I think everyone knows it. Not as bad as I was expecting, though, I
3: have to say, from the, from the review. It wasn't as
2: dull as I was expecting.
3: Mm.
2: But it's not very good. Um, it's and, fucking I, I, awful. And I don't see how any. I, 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 again, with, with with certain things that I don't think are very good case i'd like to i'd like to talk to somebody who, who who does think it's good to see what they can say to say look this one i think it's good and i can go all right with this one i think i'd be like nah nah
1: <laughs>
2: nah i even think if i sat down with ron howard and he went no well it's because of this i think if you went come on ron come on Ron i really like that draft come on he'd I- be like all right fair enough <laughs> mm. it's just not very good what's our audience paul what is our audience, Paul? Uh, Definitely got shit twenty percent. I'm assuming that you—that's that's you now. Uh, touching cloth forty percent and shit forty percent. I'm genuinely shocked about that. Hmm.
4: Yeah. Uh, Ian, what have you been watching, bud? Ah, uh, oh, can help bit of the allergy. I, I that film. I just. Like, what a fucking massive waste of time and effort for everyone involved in that. You know, uh, uh, I, I will talk about what we're watching, but, you know, me, hindsight's twenty twenty. But can you imagine if everybody involved in this film knew that COVID was coming and they were going to be able to do fuck all for a year, that they would have made Hillbilly Elegy? What
2: what I think is amazing is... Um, between them i believe glenn close and um and amy adams have 13 oscar nominations uh, and 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 shamefully in in uh, amy adams thing zero wins but based if you were to say it, look these two people have been nominated for 13 academy awards and neither have ever won one your response to that, the response to someone having just watched that, not knowing, would go, yeah, I can see why. Yeah,
4: yeah, I, I, it, it, uh, right. So Friday night, I had quite the double bill, guys. Went to the cinema, see a little film called Die Hard. Yeah. <laughs> uh it was about eight of us in there which was the third busiest screening since the pandemic started for me the first being tenet the second being cats and dogs Free paws unite um and had a whale of a time uh that film even though it looked like it was essentially the blu-ray transfer up on screen um I I literally I I would imagine the actual picture quality would probably be better on the 4K HDR copy on iTunes. Um however, seeing that film big with the sound big was a genuine pleasure. Um that was really 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 fucking fun. It, 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 when
2: you watch like retro screens, it gives you a whole different appreciation, I think, of the film.
4: Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I I think that's right. It's um, especially if you've never seen it on a big screen before. Um, you know, it, it just. We were talking about fucking like the look of films today earlier on, and you look at Die Hard, and it just it feels warm you know it it it, it does it doesn't have the sterile feel of it you know it, it this wasn't necessarily a transfer where you could see the grain or anything you know um it is but just the, the yandebond cinematography in it it just it do
2: you looks
4: know what it is? Hmm? Do you know what it is what it, it nobody has fucked with the color afterwards ah oh, i i don't don't yeah. Don't get me started on uh, digital intermediates. Um, that,
2: that's but, what it
4: is. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, 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 there's an argument to say that that's basically killed cinematography, and the real cinematographer of a film these days could just as easily be argued to be the fucking DI colorist. Yeah. Um, there,
2: there, there is absolutely a hundred percent a place for it, without question, and some directors and some cinematographers use it fantastically the fact that also as well some um it, it, it's become literally almost like there's a you, you like some filmmakers put on the Mexico filter and some put some put on the future filter and
4: it, it, it's become a little bit too much like that for me yeah 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 totally um but no die hard it just it feels warm it feels natural um I, I just the 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 shit I love about Die Hard as well as the stuff inside the building, it's just like it, it's Paul Gleason's character and his fucking interactions with uh uh Reginald Val Johnson, and then where uh uh J- you know Johnson and Johnson come into it and the whole uh hey, it was like oh uh, Sa- 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 God don't it slip and he was like oh, I was in fucking great like junior high dickhead you know it's. It's I I don't know just stuff like that it's it, it, it's, it's brilliant it's fucking brilliant um yeah Die Hard I, I I recommend seeing you know uh, you know cinemas where they're open they'll be playing Die Hard over the next month or so you know treat yourself
2: uh, what what I find amusing about this is uh, I remember when last year when uh, Disney um, Disney bought the rights to Fox uh, bought bought Fox out one of the big things people were putting out there was uh, the fact that Disney don't allow um, their existing properties to be reshown in cinemas and things like that. Yeah. And so people, a lot of people going, so, you know, those of you who like to go watch Die Hard every Christmas at the cinema, can forget about that. Well, no, because loads of cinemas are showing Die Hard.
1: Yeah.
2: They did last year, yeah, this year, and they will next year.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It, it, um. It. it I don't know. It's 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 weird, that isn't it? It kind of feels like was that just a thing in the U.S. But I I yeah I it's odd. I mean, there's all sorts of fucking retro shit playing over the next month or so where cinemas are available, and I'm fucking gutted that I'm not going to be able to go see any of them. Anyway, uh, so I got home, had a few beers, and was like, fuck it. So I said to Donna, Don, do you mind if I watch the new documentary concert thingy about Taylor Swift doing a new album? Don Don was just like, yeah, all right, then. So, like, this was on until way past midnight and I drank quite a bit in a couple hours. Taylor Swift folklore colon the Long Pond Studio sessions. What a treat this was. Taylor Swift performing her new album Folklore in this studio with the guys she recorded Folklore with in person for the first time because they recorded it remotely. And then in between each of the songs it's her kind of talking about making the songs and writing the songs and whatnot. Um... And I think maybe I was a little bit full bore on the WhatsApp on Friday night saying it, you know, it might be in my top 10 of the year. It's not going to be. I was very emotional at that point. Fit in the cold, hard light of day. No, it, it's it's really fucking good, though. Folklore is. It might be her best album, at least for me. So. Watching this was a real treat. Um, yeah. Can, can I ask a, a, a quick
2: question about that? Mm. Uh, about, about, because I, I want to know. There's one key thing I want to know about this film. Because you, you quite like followed the, the, the Alphabet I did to start off
3: with, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: whereas I, I was very excited about it, and then listened to it and was very let down.
4: Okay.
2: Um, in the sense that it's quite overproduced. I, I liked the yeah. I liked the idea that this was going to be. Taylor Swift recording essentially like a, a folk album um, where it's it, it stripped down and it's her it's a more acoustic album like that. And when I started listening, I was like, all right, it, it, it still feels very, and I like Taylor Swift's music, but it does still feel overly produced. And like, it it, it just, it, it felt up to me a little bit like this isn't what it was advertised at. Uh, maybe I'm misinterpreting it, but it wasn't what I was expecting. If this is just her, is it just her performing the songs
4: with a guitar or with something else with the guitar, just like that? Or is it her performing to a backing track of the songs? No, so it's her with a guitar and then two other guys. Um, bon is um does his bit remotely for Exile. Um, but the rest of it is basically just them with instruments. Mm. Um, that, that really interests me.
3: She's
2: yeah.
3: Because for someone that can play
2: multiple
4: instruments. multiple
3: instruments as well as she can, the fact that everything's just run through all these fucking decks and ends up coming out sounding really generic is is frustrating.
4: Yeah, that, the that, that's the issue. The interesting thing though is this, to my recollection, sounded pretty fucking like the album, like less going yeah i mean definitely less going on but it it, it, this isn't just her with a guitar but i mean there are a couple other guys there and the the, him from bleachers has got some equipment um but yeah i i I don't know because i mean like i just i i came to the album as fucking hell taylor swift's got a new album out i didn't really know what it was um and it's interesting that, that you, you say it was like before it was too overproduced because the highlight of it for me is Exile, which I think probably, what, is that the most like produced in quote Mark song of the entire album?
3: I don't know. I always skip that one because I don't like it.
4: <laughs> oh, really?
3: Yeah. It's my least favourite on the album. Oh, I
2: fucking love Exile. Yeah, I Everyone can't...
3: comes to things differently though. though
2: I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't get on with one either no people have tried with me and i'm a bit like i just don't see what the fuss is about again it's another one that other people like it dig what you dig but uh, it, it just it's not me mm.
3: yeah i don't know go sorry go on no, no no go on i should say i don't i don't hate folklore i, I just i think i expected it to be more than it was um, but there's some really fucking great songs on there. I absolutely love My Tears Ricochet and Mirrorball. Um You know, and they're they're in my fucking on repeat playlist on Spotify, so I've obviously fucking listened to them enough. But I don't know. I I just I think I just expected it to be a bit a bit more stripped back than it turned out to be. I
4: just I I. I, I, I... She's such an interesting fucking... uh, She's such an interesting artist for me. And the thing is, I don't feel like necessarily the moves are calculated, but the fact that the same person who did Folklore did Red, did Reputation, did 1989, and yet it all feels as a piece of who she was at the time. Uh, I mean, Reputation is... Not great. No. Um, like, at all. It's reputation, a- though, was a... was It was
2: recorded... It was hastily put together. It was, it, yeah. it was recorded after the album that she released after it. What,
3: the fucking... Too fake sugar Juicy It Sugar Coating?
4: What, it, was recorded, it was recorded after that, and she decided to release it before Hump. But, I mean, this, the, the Reputation felt like a fucking like an animal just snarling at someone it was just like fuck off it's fuck off the album i had I quite like Reputation. no and, and that but the, no but this is it like i'm not saying it's a bad album i think it's interesting because it's super you lot have been fucking looking for a reason to hate me for a while now you know, I'm a bit fucked off with all of this. Here you go, and it's her venting, it's and I think I think that's really interesting. I
2: I think it is I, I like I like Taylor Swift. I, I like the fact that she I, I like her music. I don't like all the music.
3: She's very in control of her brand, and I think that makes her feel really false to me.
2: But I like that about her. I, I like the fact that I, I like the fact that. I, I don't think she's ashamed to 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 be in control of her brand, to be in control of her her, her image. No, but she uh,
3: peddled this narrative of being very like very genuine and open, and this is just my truth. And it's like no, it's fucking not. It's just right. I'm gonna make an angry album. Like get me loads of writers that are gonna write me angry songs, and but, then I, I can I can kind of just not really mention that, and then people still think I wrote wrote them because I used to write my songs.
2: But I, I almost admire that it, 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 when you put it up against some of her peers.
3: Oh I mean you've got to respect it. Girl's got a business head on her.
2: Yeah, that's it. And 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 I, 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 I like that.
3: I won't mind listening to that. That Long Pond Studio Sessions thing is on Spotify. I won't mind giving that a listen if it's a bit more kind of
2: I don't watch the film. It's on it's on
3: Disney
4: Plus Disney Plus. it's oh. like an hour forty. Okay, I'll watch that. <laughs> um last one for me. The Polar Express.
3: Oh, nice. What do you think?
4: First time watching this... See, uh,
2: I, I, I knew it was the first time you, that you hadn't watched this before, but every time you mentioned that you haven't watched it, I remember again that you haven't watched it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, what? Wait a minute, I knew that. <laughs> I,
3: I this the first time I watched it. It'd
4: be interesting to see what you think. Right. Up until they get to the North Pole, I'm like alright, it's quite Christmassy, this this is alright I mean, like, the hot chocolate number is fucking horrific, because all those guys look the same Um, and it's like, it's so interesting how, like, it, anyone who's not a featured character just has the same identical face Um, it, it, you know, I mean, it was the early days of motion capture, but wow wee, but as soon as they get to the North Pole it just grinds to a fucking halt, like, funnily enough um,
3: a plot point, though. Aren't all the, essentially what you'd call non-player characters supposed to be the Tom Hanks character?
4: Yes.
3: But I think that's why they all look the same.
4: But uh, the, the, the those guys don't look like Tom Hanks.
3: Oh, are they not that character? Okay.
4: They, they You know, they, they don't, no. I, I I I would, he plays a lot of them. I mean, he plays Hero Boy um, and he plays Santa. You know, he plays the, the kid's dad and whatnot, you know, but like so the first half of the film is this quite fun kind of like trip to the north pole and the sequence where the train's slipping on the ice and whatnot it's pretty pretty good um but as soon as they get there and it's like right billy why didn't you want to get off the train i don't know and then the train and then the carriage fucks off and then they have to find their way back i don't care i you know Okay, like, the whole thing was, like, the kid doesn't believe that Santa's real. He's at the fucking North Pole now. He believes he's real, and there's still, like, 50 minutes to go. So what are we going to do now? I don't know. And then when he meets Santa, Santa looks fucking terrifying. (laughs) And then there's Steven Tyler playing an elf. Um. about that? Yeah, I forgot about that. I just... Uh, yeah, it's fine. I, I mean, it, it, You know, I mean, Jesus fucking Christ, it cost a lot of money. And I I just don't know how anyone uh, th- would think that this is a classic. And some, some people do. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's in the rotation for some people. I'd be more than happy to never watch this again. And Lottie could give zero fucks.
3: I, I watch this every year now.
4: You do,
2: but but you've never used it until I said to you. I thought it was all right, and I don't watch it every year.
3: No, but I don't. I don't watch it every year because of that. It just the uncanny valley of the of the animation. Really, I really hated it the first time I watched it.
4: <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, I. Yeah, I it, not for me. Uh, and that's it for me. That's what you're watching. your are
2: it cool. was what i have watched the on Bayland then while you do that
1: no, i only watched two
3: i've got um, them idiocracy because it feels safe to watch it again now without having to have a box of tissues nearby so that you can sob so that was fine um idiocracy is fucking hilarious i absolutely love it my rudolph is like awesome in this film she almost steals it but then there's a Wilson brother so not quite Um, and then I watched 12 monkeys because why not I watched um whatchamacallit the other day shit what's it called I don't know did you know Paul Garcia design costumes Fifth, Fifth, Fifth element. Element. yeah um so that's
2: three that you watched in no
3: because I spoke about that on the last one did you
2: yeah
3: oh and it made me want to watch 12 monkeys because it's another actually good bruce willis performance in a fucking weird film and it's gilliam so fair enough
1: um
3: yeah he's m- messy though. So. like it's, it's really confusing if you if you like drop attention for like 30 seconds you've it in this film yeah
2: that's very so i keep rewinding um that, well, that was it that, like, we'll, 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 we'll watch together. but um we'll, uh, i watched career opportunities uh, on my own um, I think uh, you have to watch that on your own don't you you kind of do yeah if you're a guy um, yeah uh, it, it's a lot of fun it, it actually when I started watching it I was like is this one of these movies that actually is a bit crap <laughs> and I'm literally watching it for one sequence and I, 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 and it, it's actually quite near the end uh, and I, it, it, I'm just misremembering but no actually Career Opportunity is a lot of fun actually uh, I'm
3: intrigued now. what's the one sequence
2: uh, it's uh, Jennifer Connolly riding a toy horse then. Toy horse?
3: Like a yeah, you', horse. you, yeah,
2: you, you you'll you you'll see me. I'll, I'll... You
3: mean like a mechanical bull?
2: No. A toy horse, okay. Do, do, fucking hell follow my Instagram.
4: I've li- I've literally seen a still and it's like, I wish I was that horse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's that. Wow.
3: Ah, uh, one of those
4: yeah. guys. So
2: watch it because it, it, it's actually quite a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. it, it it held up. Um so we'll speed round these. Um, we watched uh, the Hitman's Bodyguard. I think we're like back We did. Because why not, Why not? Do not know what one of the reasons why I watched it? Because it's available on 4 on Amazon Prime. I mean,
3: that would
2: not Is work. it? Yeah. Ooh. you've got to search for it though because the one it brings up just randomly is the normal one but then if you search for it it's all on 4k if you're a massive fucking
3: nerd and you
4: actually like know everybody- oh go fuck yourself bex that's not the fucking pod- <laughs> that's not this isn't the forum for that go start the i don't care about 4k podcast and then you can do that all you want but until then shut the fuck up wow so we watched that and it's still a lot of fun I'm very much looking forward to the uh,
2: the sequel they're making another
1: one
2: yeah the minute it's out next
4: year The Hitman's Bodyguard's Wife yeah yeah it's a great title
2: yeah yeah it's them all on the run Um, oh that'd be
4: good
2: we uh, we watched Donnie Brasco because we're kind of doing a bit of a early 90s (laughs) Pacino thing yeah Uh, Donnie Brasco's fucking brilliant it is uh and it's it's like over two hours long which seems to just fucking breeze by it
3: really does actually yeah it, it, you,
2: feel like, you feel like it's like a 99 minute movie and it's like over two hours mm. uh and i'm gonna go out there and say johnny Depp's best performance yeah probably not far
3: up there
2: yeah it, it, it's his best performance um we watched planes, trains, and automobiles. Uh, that I felt oh, all those all those words came out at once. Then blah,
1: blah, blah.
2: Uh, on Thanksgiving, because we missed it last year, didn't we? Did uh, window. We missed our window because you can only watch it on that one day yeah. because of the specificity of the uh, holiday movie. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's fucking brilliant. It, I, I must see this movie getting on for double figures, and it still fucking crushes me. The moment of realization, but then. Once you've watched it and you, you know the crushing moment of realisation, at every moment he mentions his wife or mentions or slips up throughout it, you get crushed again. And it is the power of John Candy that does well, that.
3: You get angrier at Steve Martin when he's mean to him because of what you know he's going you know, what his situation is. Yeah.
2: And the bit where, where Steve, Steve where Steve Martin chews him out in the hotel room at the first point. John Candy plays that magnificently mm. because it's all just facial acting and it's the and then I Like Me it is brilliant Yeah. It, it, it's a heartbreakingly brilliant movie that also has him where he's driving through the two fucking um, trucks <laughs> as the devil which is just a brilliant yeah. um, moment from John Hughes to go fuck it I'm putting this in there yeah. It's it, it's a great movie. Yeah. Um Rewatch Rollerball? Ball Yeah
1: we did I,
4: I hold emphasis on the rewatch rollerball. Mm-hmm. What? which one? The the, the McTier, then? Yep. Yeah. Is there a sex scene in night vision in that film? Or am I sexy night vision?
2: There's randomly a scene
4: in night vision, but there isn't a sexy scene in night vision. No, alright. Is it who who's the woman is it is it dizzy from starship Troopers no it's not it's Rebecca Robin demos i need to, i obviously need
2: to watch rollerball again you uh, you should watch rollerball again um because i I've seen this movie i think five
4: times now
3: wow there's
4: far as too many but yeah what I will say there is if anybody
2: in the world, would have seen this movie five times, I think it would have been me. I like this movie. I think it's good. Not, I think this movie is so bad it's good. I think this movie's good.
1: Yeah.
2: I think this movie lives in a world where you can believe that Chris Klein and LL Cool J went to high school together. <laughs>
1: that
3: was so funny. It was just like back in high school. Wait, Mark, are they supposed to be the same age?
2: Uh, to which I said, Jim went, well, obviously. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but then you checked and they're like...
2: Ten years apart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, 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 at some point, there will be a retrospective on this movie and I will be there going, I was there. When this movie gets an of release,
3: I, mean, that is never
2: gonna I want happen. to be able to say, I was there That's never gonna from the beginning. I disagree. No
3: matter how much ladies love Cool James, that is
2: not gonna happen. Um I think I think I might have seen all of Hello Cool James movies. <laughs> we'll explore that. Yeah. Um <laughs> Red Rock West, we rewatched that didn't we? We
3: did. Very good. Because I, I just
2: had an urge to, to rewatch it mm. and so I thought, fuck it, let's rewatch it and it's fucking brilliant. It is
3: actually
2: really, really good. Uh it? I love that era of hopper. That post blue velvet um era of Hopper where he he was back as being like a bankable star.
3: Very charismatic, isn't he?
2: He's very charismatic and but also terrifying. Yeah, it is, it's brilliant. Um so expect us to talk about last seduction and um other early 90s noir movies. Because they will just come, obviously. Um and we also rewatched the basketball diaries we did which i always forget is quite as miserable as it is yeah i
3: was quite shocked that you suggested this to be honest because
2: i i think because of the age i watched it at the first time i was like 13 14 mm. and i watched it a lot so i forget how bleak it is really bleak it's very bleak yeah
3: it's weird though because i think sometimes like there's some DiCaprio movies that you watch and you go, gosh, how did he end up being like the DiCaprio that we see today? Like Titanic, it's, it's a,
2: it's a time for but
3: it's a flimsy, he doesn't have an awful lot of acting to do. Yeah, no, the,
2: the, 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 the movie is the start.
3: Yeah, and even to an extent, Romeo and Juliet, it's, it's more about, I don't agree that. no, it's very good in it, but it's not, you don't look at that and go, oh my God, yeah, you can see where that kind of went so much. Uh, because um, I think in that the Shakespeare is the star, and the modernisation of the Shakespeare is is what yeah. the, the hook was. But in this, you can you can you, you watch it and it's like a lot of the stuff he does now, like a lot of the expression acting and stuff like that, a lot of the body language is the same.
2: It it, it, it it's it's, it's just a lot possibly his first fantastic performance. Yeah, um, yeah it, it it's a it, it does hold up really really yeah. fucking well. And actually, you can also look at it and go, ah, no, I can see why Mark Wahlberg is a twice-nominated Academy Award actor. Yeah. You know. Yeah, he's good in this song. Um, and of course, it will be three times when he gets nominated this year for Spencer Confidential. That's not going to happen. It is. It, it, it just is. We all know it is. It's
3: been, like, more than that one film out now.
2: No. It, that, what? I've got nothing to do with this. <laughs> did you not Did you not watch it? We'll watch it again.
3: Let's not
2: end. Let's watch it again. No. That was this year, that film. Oh, that's my film. <laughs> Stop it. Thinking, yeah. yeah. Basketball now is fucking great. I need to go for P. So Becky, you're going to introduce next film. No, 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 it's, I'm not. It's Ireland's film.
3: It'll work. No, it
1: won't
3: work, Go. Oh. No. Oh, I feel bad now, Ian. Like, I feel like I've just shit all over Taylor Swift, and I didn't mean to.
4: No, I don't. It's all right. I'd love to shit all over Taylor Swift.
3: <laughs> Gross. Um... No, I, 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 I don't know. I, I really, really liked Four Quar when it first came out, and I was I was going to get one of the um, vinyl pressings, and then I went on the merch bit on a website, and it was like you could buy the cardigan from the video of Cardigan, and there was like...
4: How much was that? I
3: can't remember.
4: Um,
3: it's sold out now. It's a limited edition. Those seventy-eight different colors of vinyl that you could buy as like collective editions, and it all just felt so like, ah, oh, okay, she, she can't, she can't tour, and she can't really release that much, so she's gonna make her money this
1: way, and it, it just kind of spoiled it a bit for me. But yeah.
4: Yeah, I, I don't know it. I, I respect that woman's business.
3: And
4: what? T
1: Swizzle.
2: T Swizzle. Yeah. Uh, I I only have Tumblr because there's an account called Taylor Swift's Legs Archive. Nice, no, and, and, it, and it, um, it is possibly the greatest thing that on my phone.
3: <laughs> I'm assuming Ian, being being a big Taylor Swift fan that you've seen the Taylor Swift rap The what? Oh my god. I'll find it. The T Swizzle rap. She did pages ago on something.
4: Cool. I'll find it in some. You. You've
0: seen it. Uh, yeah, Is it. Is that what I think it is? What do you think it is? I think it's a gun pressed up against my dick. Well, you thought right. Now take your hands from around my throat, nigga. What the hell's wrong with you, Jackie? Shut the fuck up and don't you move. Oh, what is this? What the fuck is this? Hey, 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 now that ain't got nothing to do with you. I carry that all the
4: time. You've been talking to them police too much. Oh, the
0: police didn't try and strangle my ass. Oh, come on,
4: girl. You know I was just playing with you. Oh, I
0: ain't playing with you. I'm going to unload both of these motherfuckers if you don't do what I tell you to do. You understand what I'm saying?
4: Jackie, stop acting crazy. Do you
0: understand what the fuck I'm (laughs) saying? Yeah, woman, damn. Now sit your ass down on that sofa. See? Police start fucking with your mind. Start pitting black against black. That's how they do. You know, been doing it since the shut beginning. Shut your raggedy ass up and sit the fuck down. <sighs> and put your hands behind your head.
2: Come on, this getting silly now.
0: Oh, silly? You want to see some motherfucking silly? If I have to tell you to shut up one more time, I'm gonna shut you up. I just came over here to talk to you. To talk? The way I see it, you and me got one motherfucking thing to talk about. One thing, and that's what you are willing to do for me.
1: I can get your lawyer. Oh,
0: no, L- let's be realistic. Now, sooner or later, they're going to get around to offering me a plea deal, and you know that. That's why you came here to kill me. I <laughs> come over here oh, to no, kill you. Okay. Hey, it's okay. Now, I forgive you. Now, let's say if I tell on you, I walk. If I don't, I will go to jail. Uh I want $100,000 in an escrow account in my name if I'm convicted up to a year or put on probation. Now, if I have to do more than a year, you pay another $100,000. I can do
2: that. So the movie that we're all going to talk about, that we all watched throughout what we've been watching, uh, but for our mini Tarantino retrospective we're doing, uh is this time it, jackie brown uh the 1997 follow-up to um pulp fiction um which i think samuel jackson in the lit that you sent me uh perfectly sums up wasn't that wasn't as well received as his first two movies simply because it wasn't pulp fiction um mm. uh, it is turns out, and one only time that he has adapted something not from one of his own ideas so it's adapted from the um elmer leonard novel run Punch. Uh, stars Pam Greer, Samuel Jackson, Robert Forster, Bridget Fonda, Michael Keaton, Robert De Niro, Sid Hayes uh, in there, um, Tommy Tiny Lister Jr. is in there as well. Uh, Chris Tucker, he turns up, doesn't he? Beaumont. Yeah. Uh, it's the story of uh, Jackie Brown. Um, and how she gets caught up uh, essentially transferring money from Mexico to the US and the US to Mexico for Odell Audell Roby, played by Samuel Jackson, who is a small time gun runner uh, who is trying to make a million dollars so he can retire in com- in a comfortable surrounding Mexico. <laughs> um Um, and yeah, that, that's, that, that's basically... Sorry, Becky, was watching something to me because not understand what you were saying. Um, so yeah, that is this. Sorry, I think everyone who's listened will have seen Jackie Brown. So, you know, there's that. Ian, what do you think on your rewatch of it? It's
4: been a good long while since I've seen Jackie Brown. Um, I think I'd seen every other Tarantino film since I'd last seen Jackie Brown. And I really don't know why. Um, this film... It's got hangout film elements to it, but it's also got really good plot and character stuff. And I, I, you know, the amount of plot in it for the amount of hangout stuff, it feels really unusual. And I, fuck, man, Jackie Brown's really good. It's a bit of a hot take that, um, but yeah. Jackie Brown's really good. Hey, Whisper It might be one of Tarantino's best. Who knew?
3: It's, it's up there in your Tarantino list,
4: isn't it?
2: It is, yeah. It, it, it's probably it's probably number three for me. I yeah. I mean,
4: sorry, I've seen Hey for like like in the last few months inglorious bastards obviously last week once upon a time week before that you know i i the thing is i mean i think kill bill and kill bill 2 are fantastic exercises in style with a little bit of substance death proof is death proof but this is the, the the dialogue is fucking incredible. the The plot is as tight as a drum. De Niro is doing some great subtle shit in this film. Um, like I, I like, and I, I it's it seems apparently he didn't really enjoy his time making the film, um, because his character is so fucking just kind of like. Looks and shit, uh, looks at shit, ponders it, and then just kind of stares a lot. But I, th- I think that I think that's great. The whole kind of like just spaced out aspect of him, and just the whole gone to seed well, of it all. The the mental thing is
2: now is um, Samuel Jackson and Robert De Niro are now really quite close friends now as well. <laughs>
4: Well no well yeah I mean w- w- which is great because you know it was like I was I was watching some like interviews with Jackson at the time and he was talking about how like you know he was kind of like he said himself kind of hot shit at the time but then he's like acting with Robert De Niro it was like fucking hell I'm acting with Robert De Niro <laughs> you know uh, which is lovely so that that's brilliant to hear that but um yeah I mean that I think their scenes together are fantastic but just like the way that you know, Samuel L. Jackson kills him, and he's like, "What happened to you, man? Yeah, what is it? You, what happened to you, man? You used to, be you, you used to be beautiful." And it's like, yeah, you believe that, you know? It, it's Jackson's character is so, you know, you're just gonna chill here, you know? And it's like, yeah, he took him out to get some clothes and whatnot. And as the film goes on, he becomes subtly more exasperated with De Niro. As De Niro is getting more and more pissed off with Bridget Fonda's character, um, you know, so you got that whole side bit. But then Jackie Brown and Robert Foster, absolute dynamite, you know. I mean, they are fantastic together. I, it, it, it's, I'll, I'll stop talking uh, uh, for now. But it just, wow, that I, it, it's, it feels like a film I appreciate more as I'm getting older as well um it, that's the thing it's like the kill bill films kind of stay at the same level for me whereas you know uh this once upon a time in hollywood feels like a film i will be probably watching a couple times a year till the, the, the day i die at this point <laughs> i could see jackie brown becoming that weirdly i could maybe see hateful eight becoming that as well um that's what, a very good point you-, you just made on Kill Bill there. I, yeah, that, I never thought about it that way, but yeah, that, that's that's
2: Kill Bill's impact will always be what it is. Mm. And it's very good, but it will always be that. But yeah, you, you can kind of, you grow with these some of the other movies.
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I I think that's it. It's like Jackie Brown when it came out was the film that was almost kind of like cool to go. Yeah, well, it's not the best Tarantino, is it? you know, and it, it's like. Jackson said in that in the interview that I, I, I sent you that like it, I think Charlie Rose says it's his most mature and Samuel L. Jackson I was like, yeah, yeah, it is. And not to say that Tarantino is necessarily immature, but in glorious bastards, it's him just kind of like unleashing cathartic fun and violence. Django's the, the, the same, even though it's dealing with very weighty themes once upon a time in Hollywood and Jackie Brown feel like they're the work, the work of a more like um, someone in a more mature place, funnily enough. Um, And just like with Kill Bill, sorry with Kill Bill and then Death Proof, it was almost like he was just kind of like wallowing in his own. I've got all the fucking toys in the toy shop. Look what I can do for a bit. And that's not to say I don't enjoy those films. I do. But the the Tarantino films are actually going to last, I yeah. think Christoph Waltz in Inglorious Bastards is gonna is going to last. I wonder how much else of that film will. But I feel like Hollywood, and I feel like Jackie Brown will.
3: Yeah. Do you we once upon a time in Hollywood? He was like, right, I'm gonna make a deal with myself. I'm gonna make a deal with myself. I'm gonna make a more mature, slightly lazier paced, kind of more atmospheric movie, like I did with Jackie Brown. But then we're going to smash the shit out of the Manson family. That's the yeah, thing. Yeah. When I have that catharsis at the end, yeah, yeah. I do that. But it's, it's going to be like this explosion of energy after reining myself in for the majority of the movie. Yeah. What
2: would you have taken your year, bro?
3: Um, Yeah, it, I mean, it, it's one of those films, it, it gets better with every watch. Um, I think you appreciate more in it every time you watch it.
1: It,
3: and yeah, do you know what? It, it may have something to do with with getting older and having more appreciation for the subtleties rather than the oh fucking hell, it's a it's a Tarantino movie. This is gonna be really violent. It's it's not got any of that. It's a lot more understated, but it it's it very much benefits from that because you I feel like you you've got time to kind of you've got time to get to know everybody. Mm. Um, because it's not just something happening all the time. A lot of it's just kind of out, yeah, I yeah, answer, just yeah. chilling. Um, and yeah, and I think it's 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 odd that you've got this director that can do both these things so well: the the high octane kind of actiony type stuff and the introspective character study type movies. Yeah, I think it obviously speaks to his talent. To be fair.
2: Yeah, it. it I think it took him up a, a, a little bit of time to realise that um, he was more than just his shtick. Mm. Um, and I think that, that, that there was a little bit of whiplash to again, Kill Bill, uh, maybe a death proof, which I, I also do like. We've got a fucking death proof poster up in our bathroom. Um, but I, I do think that it was maybe he was a bit like, do you know what? Maybe I maybe that's not the fil- maybe I, I'm not that filmmaker, Jackie Brown. Maybe I'm this filmmaker. I think now he started to come back to, do you know what? Maybe I am that filmmaker. Maybe I'm both. Yeah. Maybe maybe I've got maybe I can yeah I, a more mature film. Um, I I love Jackie Brown. It, it's mm. it, I think I like the fact that it 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 feels a lazier pace. Yeah. That. Um looking at it as an older older now than i was when i first watched it uh it, you start to look at robert foster's character a little bit more yeah yeah
1: um
2: in that um i, I think there's a possibility it's possibly um samuel jackson's best performance and there's a lot of scope for, for that as well um you can see why um tarantino absolutely fucking had to have Pam Greer for this and fell in love with Pam Greer as a screen presence because she's incredibly charismatic he wrote it for it didn't he? yeah he wrote it for, uh, and after you
3: know, she auditioned for
2: Pulp Fiction yeah and, and, but he he, he, he loved uh, what's it like, he loved Foxy Brown and things like that and I love those movies now and I, I got into those from because of Tarantino and, and so but he, it's the story is a little bit more basic. I, I forgot how much Michael Keaton was actually in this. In yeah,
4: he's yeah, in a good chunk, eh? Yeah, in, in my brain,
2: I, I thought it was literally like one or two scenes, but maybe I'm getting it confused with the fact that he plays the same character in out of sight, mm-hmm. and maybe that's the one or two scenes one. Uh, which again is a really weird little.
3: Because those two are really good as well, actually. Yeah.
2: The coffin. Oh, yeah, they're, they're very good. It, it's. But it's. I just think it, it's a really
3: there's not a single drop stitch in this movie though no it's
2: tight, right? it is and it it it's a really easy movie to watch if that makes sense mm.
4: and it 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 fucking flies yeah. as well um yeah. you know there's not necessarily much action in it, like there's tension and there's intrigue, but so much of it is dialogue between like two or three characters, but it's so fucking good. That the the time melts away watching this fucking film. Yeah, I mean, it's remarkable.
2: There's kind of a myth that it was a a critical and box office failure. And it's like, well, it it still made a a lot of money for its budget.
3: Was it not critically well received at
2: the time? No, it wasn't. But it's been one that people have gone back to and sort of reassessed, Mm. which can happen a lot of times with movies where critics get a little bit funky about it and mm. then as audiences go fuck off <laughs> years later they go oh well no we, I never, we never really said what it was there you know we've got a post for a blame and a blame was panned when it first came out it took years it, to, to get um to get its, what is it um its credit
4: yeah i mean it, it's and it is that whole people are expecting pulp fiction thing. It, it, you know the thing is i i, I think I'm. i I, i've been guilty of that myself as well you know it's like um the last jedi my initial reactions to the last jedi i very very much regret um you know I, i because i wasn't expecting what we got and i wasn't appreciating it for what it was i was just like yeah i don't really i don't really like what they've done here you know, uh, uh, I, it, it was almost like, uh, you know. And then you look at the rise of Skywalker. I've watched that film a couple times now, and it's like, uh, fucking hell, this is what you get when you listen to the people who first watched Last Jedi and went, "Oh, I don't really like what they've done here." You get the rise of Skywalker, and <laughs> I. I I I think there's elements of Rise of Skywalker that I like, but that film does feel like a reaction to the Last of, the Last Jedi more than it feels like a continuation of the Last Jedi. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, but so that that that's the thing, you know. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna criticize people who get who were a bit. What was that then with Jackie Brown? Because it is so different, but at the same time, I think that just shows that. I need to be a better film watcher. Yeah. You know, um, and that's the thing. It's like when Kill Bill came out, I was like, these films are fucking five out of five. I fucking love them. I'm jizzing all over them. But as I get older, like they're still fuck, like I, they are still fucking brilliant bits of cinema. But they're, they're they're not not necessarily impactful. You know, um, it, yeah I, but with jackie brown it feels like one. Well, i could literally stick that fucking film on again right now just yeah. as i could with hollywood to be fair just as i could with bastards like I, I like i just find bastards really engaging um but yeah jackie brown i could i could watch that fucker right now that that and also it needs a 4k release the blu ray's not great anyway
2: uh, yeah. Um, also, as well with a lot of Tarantino, soundtrack is incredible. It's mm. it, it's, yeah. a, it, it's a film, but I think like
3: how many people, do you think know about the Dolphonics because of this movie? Me, definitely. <laughs> uh, but
2: I think more than some, closer to um, possibly with pulp fiction, there's a similarity there in the fact that it 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 wants to introduce you to to uh, its soundtrack. Mm. It's almost it, it it's almost like Tarantino feels like he's sharing this music with you. And he mm. he's trying to go, This is cool, isn't it? This is cool. And so people who go, Yeah, it's cool, he's going fucking yes, it fucking is, isn't it? And the people who, who go, Yeah, I know that's cool, they're going fucking brilliant, it's this, this is what it is. So because we didn't have Shazam then or the internet or anything mm. like that in 1987, he's he's basically pointing out and going, This is what it is. Go and buy it, because it's fucking cool. Uh, it's like that, but... And Can you imagine being
3: friends with Tarantino? I bet it's really fucking intense.
2: I bet he's a good part though. Oh, yeah, A bit of love. Yeah, and, and that's it. But it's like a lot of the things, like it, 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 literally everyone who's friends with Tarantino says the same thing. He's it, great to go for a drink for, and it's amazing going around to his house because he's going to show you a movie. <laughs> You know, no matter what, he's either going to play you an album or he's going to show you a movie. Even if you're just going around to drop something off, he's like, quick, 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 i show you this. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, like, "What? what is it? And you like go, oh, it, it, it's an entire curated season of exploitation movies. <laughs> but you're going to sit down and watch it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it it's, Jackie Brown is absolutely a wonderful. It, in a weird way, it. it It feels a little bit like one of Tarantino, like uh, Once for a Time in Hollywood, which is weird that it it has so much in common with that. Mm. It feels, again, like a Tarantino warm hug of a movie. Yeah. I think part of that is Robert Foster's character. The fact that he is not in any way at all intimidated by Ardell, but Ardell is trying his best to intimidate him (laughs) and try and, and. and he's just not... He, he's not impressed by him in any way whatsoever. He, when he goes around, he's like, how would you find me here? And he's like, um, what's it, Winston found you? And he's like, it's like oh, the big guy. He's like, yeah. And he's like, putting the gun at him. He doesn't fucking flinch yeah. at all. He's like, I don't give a shit. This, it doesn't impress me. Mm. At all. I, I'm a... You don't see any of the him being a bail bondsman. You just yeah. see him be at a desk, or going to the cinema, or walking around, and bits like that. But then he tells a story about the fact that after he was there, he went and sat in a big guy's fucking apartment waiting for him to come home with a stun gun.
3: Yeah.
4: I love that.
2: Yeah, it's the fact is, but you're watching it, and I think the guy who directed it, if it was 1994, Tarantino. Or if it was 2009 Tarantino, hmm. you get a quick flash of that story. Yeah. But Tarantino's going, no, I don't need to do that. He's, he's very restrained. In I movie. don't need to do that. And now I think he doesn't. He knows he doesn't need to do that.
4: Yeah. And and, it, and it's so funny because he doesn't do that. But again, in the, the behind the scenes stuff I was watching, like where they've got the bag with a half million dollars in it, they actually put a half a million dollars in there. <laughs> because Tarantino wanted them to feel like they've actually got a half million dollars. And it's like like it's so fucking indulgent, but in a different way. Yeah.
2: It, it it's mad but it, it's mad this movie cost twelve million dollars. On Pulp Fiction in the space of of three years, Tarantino made Pulp Fiction and Jackie Brown, two movies that look this good. Mm. Um and they only cost 20 million dollars between two of them do you know one of the reasons why why because he doesn't use much special effects Mm. he's a storyteller that that's that's it you know i i'm sure there are now um cg in some of his movies but he isn't interested in it no
1: not
2: it's not part of his it's not part of his cinema and I, I, I like that about it. Yeah. Because, you know, for instance, Martin Scorsese has used it to help him tell his stories of his cinema. Yeah. And he's embraced it. But I just don't think... Tantino knows the technology's there. He just doesn't care.
3: Yeah.
2: Because it's not his cinema.
1: No.
2: And that's really fucking cool. That it's still there. And I almost think that that's a reason why it, it, he wants to stop at some point or well, like Scorsese Edge just wants to keep going because he doesn't he doesn't want to he doesn't you, he doesn't yeah. want to be the old guy in the room mm. that doesn't know how to do this but he also doesn't care about learning how to do it because it's not for him mm. I think that's really I, that, that's what I think
4: he's really fucking cool about
2: So yeah definitely definitely not shit
4: yeah. yeah yeah highly highly not shit and um
2: where do you think you'd put it, you guys in your Tarantino so I don't, I don't need like a full rundown with Tarantino, but in terms of what is above it, I would say that. Once upon a time in
3: Hollywood.
2: Yeah. Mm. So once upon a time in Hollywood, probably Django above it for me. Mm.
1: Django,
2: yeah. And it's a I close love. second to Django, but once upon a time, is a little bit out in front of them.
4: I need another go at Django before I could say that. Let's pull up what we've we got. It it just bastards isn't like i don't know it doesn't have the fucking out that this in once upon a time in hollywood does for me but at the same time i i just really really fucking like bastards vibe um and some of the imagery in that film is just top notch and you've got waltz but I don't know. It, it feels like ask me again in a couple of years, and then I think I'd be saying yeah, Jackie Brown number two, easy. The yeah. I don't know. It's interesting because it's like that last watch, The Hateful Eight. I think it went up in my estimation as well.
2: Um, yeah, I, I I love Hateful Eight. So watching it again, it could go back up in my estimations again. Mm.
3: Dogs might be slightly higher for me.
2: Dogs is fucking great. But I like
3: the possibility
2: uh, yeah, of Dogs. I, I think with Dogs, I think it always goes higher in my estimation just after I've watched it. Mm. And it starts to gradually go down. And then I watch it again and go, oh, fucking hell, this is
4: fucking good. Mm. But th- this is the thing. I mean, I think you could call every single Tarantino film great. I mean, maybe yep. with the exception of Death Proof, but I, I still, I'm still i still really fond of Death Proof. I think Death Proof is fucking great. I, I think it's a genuinely
2: great movie. I think...
3: I think the issue with Death Proof is it's lumped in with Grindhouse. Yeah. What was the other one? Planet Terror. Which is fun. Which is fun, and it is probably more Grindhousey than Death Proof because it has got that B movie vibe to it, whereas
2: Death Proof feels Death Proof feels feels like a like a Grindhouse movie. Planet Terror feels like all of the best bits from a bunch of Grindhouse
4: movies strung hmm. together
1: yeah it
4: it it just death proof feels like the most i'm having fun with my friends film and it's very very of the moment is weirdly considering it's like aping films of the 70s but just like you know that the the cast and the the that like the where tarantino was just feels like exactly there (laughs) um
3: not so long, back, though, didn't it? Yeah. It, it, We both liked it more than we remembered liking
2: it. The fact that the fact that Quentin Tarantino got the Weinstein's to give him and Robert Rodriguez eighty million dollars to go and make Grindhouse is still amazing. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that
4: is uh, idea. Do we review Grindhouse next week? Grindhouse, or... Grindhouse, specifically. Just Grindhouse.
2: So not not the two separate movies as one, but the actual, the cut,
4: the Grindhouse cut. The Grindhouse cut with the trailers in the middle. Yeah, I've cut down with that.
2: Because we actually have it three times on Blu-ray for some reason.
4: You have Grindhouse, Grindhouse on Blu-ray three times. Yes. I have it on Blu-ray.
2: Right. Um, I have it on a steel book that I forgot I had and hasn't even been opened. Right. And I have it in the Tarantino box
4: set. If you guys want to give me an early Christmas present, post me one.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> Done. There we go.
2: Um, yeah, yeah, I've got it three times on Blu-ray. We also have um, Grindhouse on DVD. Uh, Death Proof and Planet Terror on DVD twice, extra as well, don't we? Because we bought the US copies of it on import because you couldn't get the UK copies for about six seven months beforehand. Yeah. So we got and then we bought the UK copies as well.
4: That's right, because they. God, I was, I was doing projection at the time, so they released Planet Terror and Death Proof separately, and then they did Grindhouse as kind of like a limited midnight only showing thing as mm. as the whole cut. And I don't think the Longwell Green Bristol View got Grindhouse, but the Cribs Causeway Grind uh uh Bristol View did. But we got the two separate Death Proofs and Planet Terrors. And Ooh. yeah, God. We went to see Death Proof with the Tarantino Q and A, didn't we? Yeah. Um, and it was
2: fascinating listening to him 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 talk about it. Mm. And he 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 talked about it with the same passion as he talked about anything. Um and yeah and then and him just chewing out people who were asking questions that he thought was stupid.
1: Sounds
2: very unbranded. But he was, question he didn't think was stupid. He answered, in a really, what is it? Where?" Yeah. But when somebody asked a question that he, he found insulting or stupid, he basically called that person out. Yeah. And one guy was like, "Oh well, it wasn't really moving that fast because you know no person could do that." <laughs> he's like, "You know, these he, guys are really like condescending, quite." Misogynistic question, didn't they? Zoe Bell was on the panel. And Zoe was on the panel. And so, we, and, and, and Tarantino basically asked it to Zoe Bell, uh, uh, the question. And Tarantino kind of stepped in and went, Hey, dude, hang on a minute. And basically goes, No, we were driving at this speed. We we're doing that. And this woman was strapped to this, what is it? And goes all about it. And he finishes it. Zoe Bell goes, Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> to, <laughs> to it, which was just fantastic. That's great. It was just fucking great.
3: (laughs) See, even like back to Hollywood for a second. Even like the tiny, tiny bit she has to do in that, she's fucking great. I love Sorry Bell. I think she's mint. Mm.
2: Um, yeah. Uh, So I I was saying, Uh, yeah. So Jackie Brown, uh, definitely shit. Ninety-two percent, and Touching Cough eight (laughs) percent. Yeah, well, it's gonna hit. But we do have some questions, don't we? Remember, I'm hosting uh, and I of the questions. Uh, da, 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 da. Let's have a look. So we have uh, Andrew Jones, friend of the show. Um, with Terry Malik's birthday just having happened, what franchise IP, current or past, would you like to see him work
4: with? I've been thinking about this one. Well, Transformers, right? If you think about Terry Malik's style... Is this going to be an Optimus Prime retirement... <laughs> No, no, no. It's the elegiac beauty of the Transformers. You know, they are people who have come from another world looking to belong. Who meet... I mean, it's it's almost like an inverse of the new world. You know, so you've got James Horner's fucking score in the background. You know, you've got Transformers coming down to earth in like mist, a misty light just appearing and then coming down. And there's corn blowing, you know, I, 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 I you know, there's, kids running around like low angle running around and they see the light and then they run towards the light and it's just it's optimus prime there and you've only got like little flashes of optimus and then a voiceover goes father mother where are you and then optimus prime goes I am not your father. I don't. I don't know. The 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 thread is lost. But I th- I think Terry Malick's Transformers colon ah uh, fuck I don't know Badlands Transformers Badlands. <laughs> I'd watch the shit out of that. And um you know they... They're, they're driving along with DO, <laughs> do 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 You know, it's the, the, the music that everybody thinks is from True Romance. True Romance, yeah. yeah. Um, I it's from True Romance, but it, it started out in
2: Badlands. Yeah, yeah. I've seen totally right, It's the music from that as well. I don't know.
3: That.
4: Yeah. I'm not seeing Badlands. <infinitely> Good. Cool. Yeah, I. I it's a like, shortish shortish yeah. movies as well. I think. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I it, it's. I don't know, just let's have the least like mechanically bombastic filmmaker American filmmaker (laughs) Direct Transformers and do it in a place of pure fucking wonder because in all seriousness like Michael Bay got the whole kind of fucking hell aspect of it but I want Terry Malick to bring the the humanity behind it all. Fucking hell. The poetry. It. Yeah. Yeah. Terrence Transformers Transformers: Badlands. Thanks.
3: I'm gonna pass on this one because 'cause I'm not familiar at all with Terrence Malik's work.
4: Yeah, you are. Maybe I'm you not... watch loads of it.
3: No, I don't remember any of it. Completely blanked it from my memory.
2: Thanks.
1: Um. Oh, God, he did that fucking tree of life
3: shit, didn't he?
2: Yep, he did do indeed the tree of life like tree sure Sean uh, Ben could play Bumblebee. <laughs> <laughs> ah, what would I like to see him do? I like to see him do a Halloween movie.
1: Yeah, bad.
2: yeah, but it but it, it, it's what happened after, like Michael Myers as as, as done his murder murdering, right? But it all worked. <laughs> right. It all worked, and he just wandered off. Yeah. And Tom Malick's just doing what, what he does next.
3: And how you know, how he feels about yeah. the murder. Yeah, just
2: him, just him coming to terms with the fact that the
3: big old it's
2: done.
1: Yeah.
2: It achieved it. But but he's very well aware of the fact that all these other times it didn't work. And that it's how he deals with that possible existential crisis. What was different
1: this
2: time? Yeah. That's all good. It's that with kind of like... Tim Man's directed flashbacks to the previous movies of <laughs> that. Yeah. It's him just, just, just going, why am I? Why? Yeah. What do I do now? Yeah. What do I do now? Yeah. And at the end of it, fucking Rob Zombie just fucking flies in and just picks him up and drops on the set of the Halloween 3. <laughs> <laughs> nice. nice. Uh, <laughs> no, Bella. Um Christmas movies you love but other people like, I'll start, and there's a gift from Love Actually. Yeah,
3: to be fair, there's so many. I think my biggest one's probably Elf.
2: Yeah, you don't get on with Elf at all, do you? I I, I, I don't like it as such, but I don't hate it, is what I would say.
3: I do. Fiery passion. If I never see that movie ever again in my life, I'll die happy. Oh, yeah, also Love Actually.
4: (laughs) Yeah, are (laughs) you? Yeah, I was yes. talking about this with uh, Don earlier on. I honestly don't think there is one that I um, that uh, uh, that I hate per se. I'm struggling with this one because, like Becky said earlier, I
2: I pretty much universally like Christmas movies. Can I put in the the, the Black Christmas remake from last say, year?
4: Yeah, oh God, yeah. I do I'm, I'm almost tempted to give that a watch again this month just to make sure that I wasn't just having to stick up my ass about it. Just
3: watch it and save yourself the pain.
4: Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, to the, be I, fair. I, I can see what he
2: means because I've just checked and gone, is that 92 minutes that I can re watch and go, nope, I was right? Or 92 minutes and go, oh, maybe it's this. Yeah, I just. I.
4: I I, I want to be sure on that one, and I remember there was that one kill that had Exorcist three uh, vibes yeah. to it. Um, yeah, I might I might give that another go, and also, Imogen poops is uh, the, the Pooter rules, so. Uh, <laughs>
2: Yeah, I there's a few that I missed last year that I'm looking forward to watching this year. In, in, in a complete fucking move away from the question. Yeah, that's
1: not that's not a um,
2: So I'm looking. I'll just, just w-
4: say Jingle All the Way is is the only one that I thought people seem to like that one. It's a fucking nightmare. Sorry.
2: I love Jingle All the Way. I like Jingle All the Way. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I like I like genuinely love that movie. I we, it's an Arab year, think It is. I watch it on uh, Christmas Eve morning every year, and I will do it again this year. Well, there you go, then. I think I actually own it in 4K. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to watching Klaus from last year. If so I missed out on that. And Ian, very highly recommended it. Oh.
3: No, this isn't the question mark.
2: I know what I'm going to say. Anyway, I'm hosting. Um, Noel, the Disney Plus one that we couldn't watch because um, Disney Plus didn't come here till March. Um, uh, and Rick Kidd, at Rick J. Kidd, uh, who would you like to see work with Tarantino? Who hasn't already?
3: Brendan Fraser. um tarantino can bring the phrase back
4: honestly Nicolas cage (laughs) yeah yeah um
2: now bear with me on this one because it's going to seem obvious but i have reasoning behind it paulie shaw Shaw. right
4: okay
2: but in a in A kind of, you know, when Martin Short turned up in in Inherent Vice. (laughs) Yeah. uh, What the fuck? In that kind of thing.
1: Yeah.
2: That kind of. So Tarantino has just, has just literally just been writing his latest movie, has watched any Casino Man, and has gone, (laughs) and then just after he's accidentally just run into while he's while he's writing some notes down he's actually run into a paulie shaw marathon and has gone holy shit i automatically wrote this character and yeah that that i'd like that Gosh, I, because i genuinely think it could be it, it it could be what is it but that is because it's my secondary answer because brendan fraser is the right answer fraser is
1: around.
2: without question
3: See, i I think nick cage is a really good answer mm-hmm. He he's kind of doing all right on his own
2: like he's still getting work and stuff. I I I'd love to see the in that. I would as well. Yeah, yeah. but Brendan Fraser is, is 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 the answer. He's got a big he's got a one coming out this year, I think. Can't remember what it is, but there's one where it's a oh fucking hell, fair enough. Uh, this year. So
4: Ian, what we're we covering next week? We're gonna get Mankey. Oh we are getting Mankey, aren't we? Um, we're gonna do red, white, and blue uh the next part of the small acts films um and we're gonna aim to do um the one that is uh showing uh this week education i believe is it uh i think i think this week is education isn't it uh oh no it's alex wheatle then it's education um so yeah we'll be um hopefully doing both of them Um, We are going to do The Godfather Coda At some point It comes out on Monday I'll be honest I don't think I'd be able to watch The Godfather, The Godfather Part 2 And The Godfather Coda In time for next week's recording Yeah, no, we'll
2: we'll be doing it Within the next few weeks But yeah, that might be a little bit too much
4: Yeah, yeah Um, So yeah, Godfather Coda is coming Early word on it is good um so that's exciting. So yeah, um Mank, red, white and blue, hopefully Alex Wheatle, Grindhouse. Sorry about that, I think I'm back. Yep. You're back. Uh yeah, yep. so uh Mank, red, white and blue, Alex Wheatle, Grindhouse. Sounds like a show.
2: Yep. i am i very much up
4: for that. So yeah, well, thanks very much for joining, me, Rebecca.
3: Oh, thank you very much for
4: having me. Thank you very much for joining me we're podsyndicate.com patreon.com forward slash film bastards and fuck off bye. bye
1: I can see you standing honey with his arms around your body laughing but the joke's not funny at all and it took you five whole minutes to pack us up and leave me with it And all this love out here in the hall I think I've seen this film before And I didn't like the ending You're not my homeland anymore So what am I defending now? You and my tongue Now I'm in exile seeing you out I think I've seen this film before
0: Conversations, enter We Are Pun Zinnica.